You're listening to DraftKings Network. segment we talk about the u.s men's national team they looked amazing oh we also talk about almirong finally goes to newcastle thank you so much for breaking news before the show starts we also talk about hanging out in dallas with isc the independence uh, supporters council it was amazing i shit my pants <laughs> okay spoiler alert uh in the second segment we're gonna talk to kevin payne uh of u.s soccer he works for u.s club soccer and he is an og of u.s soccer an og of mls you guys are gonna be so happy. And there's a strong chance you may not like anything he has to say. Uh, and we also talk about some of the moves in MLS, a couple other things going on, all this and more today on The Cooligans! Hey, this is Alexi Lawless. There is nobody in U.S. soccer that is more important than The Cooligans. Yeah, baby! Tired. Yes, I am surprised <laughs> I have that much energy. <laughs> Me too. I think that's what we, uh, the, 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 this podcast has officially peaked. It is not going to get better than this moment right here. No, that's it. <laughs> you're on the downhill slope, folks. <laughs> okay. So Hope you brought your ski. Take the ride with us. Welcome <laughs> to the show, everybody. Hello. How are you doing, Alexis? I am uh, still not 100%. Oh, have you ever been? <laughs> <laughs> that's a good point. I'm not back to my normal, which is about 60, 65%. It's not failing, but it's right on the cusp of it. Uh, oh, that boy. sounds about right. Welcome to the show, everyone. Hello. Yes. Uh, my name is Christian Polanco. My name is Alexis Guerreros. Uh, together we are the Cooligans. We are your favorite New York City stand-up comedians out here at the top of Madison Square Garden at Hackensack Meridian Health Stage 17. That's the name of the room. That is the name of the room. We okay. are 17 stories above Madison Square Garden. <laughs> Looking down. Uh, on the know, uh, 10 win Knicks. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Ouch. J- judging them with every <laughs> dribble. Uh, <yeah. laughs> so well, welcome uh, to the show. Like, uh, you know, like we always say, this is not only the funniest soccer podcast that you're ever going to listen to. Not That is not the only no, thing that we no, are. We are that, but that's not the only thing we are. We are we just so th- happen to be the gulliest soccer podcast. That's right. To. And the world is getting to know. All right, we're go. We have to. We make people are starting to match our gully. <laughs> okay, that's the right. The world is becoming gullier around <laughs> us. Okay, the environment yeah, yeah. has been contaminated with gully. <laughs> yeah, yeah. There is gully on every corner. Scrub those okay. walls. We're gonna need a black light to get, <laughs> really see how much gully there is. We see room. more than just gully, folks. <laughs> so uh, yes, because we not only are we uh, you know share our message through this through right. this radio program radio through this morse code yeah, that we I hope, <laughs> hope you're all dialed in to 6969 fm <laughs> so uh but no we 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 take our show on the road we take our message on the road we're like we're like missionaries yeah we bring the gully to you okay and that we you did ex- we did exactly that 
in Dallas, Texas, right. uh, this weekend. Uh, and it was uh, an incredible, incredible experience. I mean, just, it was absolutely a dream come true getting to perform for the, uh, independent so- uh, supporters council. Yeah. Which is pretty cool. It almost sounded like you were about to say for the troops, which, you know? <laughs> which is a little bit. Well, they are troops <laughs> in the form of spreading the love of American soccer. I mean, look, we have, we have all these, that's uh, our USO tour. <laughs> very much so. Yeah. Like we oh, have Bob Hope. What are you? You're out. Well, I don't know where Bob Hope would have gone. I guess Vietnam. I mean, I How old is Bob Hope? <laughs> Bob Hope is. Is he in Europe? Was he in Normandy? Where's Bob Hope? I don't know exactly when he started his career. I think it was in like the 40s. The Gulf, right? He would have the Gulf War. He would have. No, I would. I would think like the Korean War, the Vietnam War. So that, I was right about Vietnam. Okay, I think yeah. Bob Hope is dead. Yeah, right? so let's, let's just clarify yeah. where where he currently is. Yeah, yeah. he's. Nowhere. He's six <laughs> feet under, just not that gully right at this moment. Okay, so the and the, well, even talking about troops, I'm just I was gonna make the oh, point. By the way, you should have said spoiler alert. Maybe some people didn't know Bob Hope was dead. <laughs> They're just really oh pulled the car over. My, my favorite comedian. I'm yeah. I'm 16 years old, yeah. and Bob Hope is my favorite comedian. How dare you devastate me like that? The golf bitch <laughs> alone. But no. There are sort of our truths, right? Because look, we have all these scars from from uh, a lot of the, the the supporters groups that were that were there. And look at the names: we have Timbers Army, we yeah. have Viking Army, yeah, we, we have, have the Third Rail Third Army, Rail, which yeah, Third Rail <laughs> Army, of course, <laughs> the Guardians, the Guardians of the Garden State, which is uh, for Sky Blue FC, yeah, which we'll talk about in a bit because we we uh, were. Uh, talking to the the Sky Blue FC uh, supporter, the 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 supporters group uh, leader. Yeah, and I, I mean, there's just so many awful, awful things. The going. coolest thing about being one of the guardians of the Guardian State, one of the Sky Blue supporters, is at any point during one of the games, coach may just ask you to come in and play, <laughs> which is pretty cool. They don't have yeah. any of their own players, so <laughs> they uh, it's pretty cool. Hey, uh, water boy, suit up. Hey, I know yeah. you're a boy, but get in hey, there. Get in here. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> Any ladies in the audience? Any fellas in the audience want to get up in this game? Okay. Nobody wants to play for this team. Please. Uh, but no. Uh, so we, yeah, this it was just an incredible experience. I mean, we'll talk about it uh, in in detail in in just a bit. But we always start the show by by showing love to the people who show Cooligans some love by way of iTunes reviews, and we, we got are some we are great ones on 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 that quest. To uh, 400 reviews, we're almost there. We're like at 360, 365. Yeah. Okay. How many days of the year? 24 seven, 365. That's right. <laughs> so, uh, so this was uh, my uh, my favorite recently. So this was uh, from 20, uh, 2460. I mean, it might be. I guess it's like a zip code. 24601 trapped prints. Oh, I saw, I saw this one. This is great. And it says gully. Uh, the subject says gully intro to U.S. soccer. Okay. So, right. Uh, so, Trap Prince writes, as a fan of FC Cincinnati, I'm a relatively new fan of MLS and U.S. soccer. The Cooligans has brought me up to speed and baptized me into the community of Gully. That's right. If you like the Cooligans and FC Cincinnati, you also like Knifey Lion Radio, which I've, I've seen this uh, come up. Uh, this was when FC Cincinnati... Uh, well, announced MLS. This is when I started seeing it. Knifey Lion Radio, which is the... Remember when they, when they changed the logo? Yeah. 
and uh, and then they started calling it the Knifey Lion. Is somebody promoting other podcasts. In our- <laughs> <laughs> they are, but I'm cool with it because this because Knifey Lion is just a funny, a it's funny. Pretty dope. That's a funny two yeah. words next to each other. Stabby Tiger, also really fun. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so and and uh, and Trap Prince writes, would love to see a mashup episode of Knifey Lion Radio Not and bad. and the Cooligans. Who knows? Maybe that'll happen one day. We'll see. I got one from White Law eight eight two seven Willie uh, White Law. I know Willie White Law. Yeah, legit. Uh, they, these boys cray five stars, of course. <laughs> you better, or I'll delete that joint. Uh, legitimately, the funniest duo that talk MLS with a Latino flair. Quintessential New Yorkers, and they're most likely to clown on your favorite team. If you're not laughing by the end, you've got problems. <laughs> and I wish you would have spelled it the way I pronounced it. Problems. Willie, thank you so much. Thank uh, you, Willie. For that review. Uh, Who, by the way, has come to Illuminati Party twice. Okay. And each time found somebody he worked with. Once it was a former Rebel employee. Okay. Who's now like a DJ or something. Right. And the other was a lady that he worked with. At Rio OKC. Look at that. How many, look at how many, What a small world. It's always cool when soccer fans come out to our comedy shows. Yeah, it's uh, pretty dope. I thought you were going to say he came to Illuminati Party twice and found love. But that, I guess that wasn't the case. Or we in don't a, know in yet. A, in a harmless place. <laughs> I couldn't remember the, uh, the lyrics. Hopeless. Hopeless place. Homeless? In a homeless place. <laughs> yeah, Rihanna's... Yeah. Uh, Which is Illuminati Party. <laughs> real quick, uh, this was a... Um, uh, you, we know our boy Stacks, of course, from uh, from High. Who Press. also came out to Illuminati? Party. That's right. Yeah, I remember that. Okay, so he I, he just wrote a simple review said from the High Press podcast, which, uh, and he goes, "Love the show, guys." We got to stop promoting the podcast. It's all good. It's all good. We show <laughs> love here. Right now, we show love out here. I, so he go, and he goes, uh, "Stay, never change," which is I don't. That's not a sentence. Uh, <laughs> that, well, he put love the show, guys. Period. Stay never change, period. <laughs> <laughs> but so uh, the reason uh, I wanted to mention him was because uh, he's doing very well in our, in our Premier League uh, fantasy thing. He's like in third place. He's doing very much better than we are. But he um, he was talking about Tyler Adams recently playing uh, at RB Leipzig, right. getting his first start. And uh, and I just, I mean, the dude, the high press podcast, we, we, we understand. If you don't know what it is, it's a, it's a weed the very weed yeah. heavy podcast. It's more on the high than it is the press. <laughs> <laughs> but he was, uh, he put out a video on Twitter the other day of him doing like an analysis of, of Tyler Adams just while he's smoking a blunt. And I'm just like, and it's just, it's just, it's enter- It's beautiful to see. For, yes, I, like, it it's entertaining because it's just, he's just like, Yo, he was leading the most duels in this. You know what <laughs> yeah. I mean? Like it's just, yeah. it's just like, all right. All What's right. funny is you and I don't even really smoke, so no. This is just entertaining. <laughs> this is just good content. It's just one of the homies, yeah. talking shit. It's the most queen shit you could see. <laughs> I know he lives. He lives his life. That's it. Yeah. This, this is my truth. If he had that joint, like on the back, on the on the crease of a folded slice, <laughs> is the only thing that would have made that more queen. So, uh, so yeah, if you're into weed yeah. and you're into soccer, that's an option for you. Uh, all right. High so, press podcast. High Check press. it out. Thanks, Stacks. So, 
Let's uh, talk real quick. Uh, let's talk about uh, what, what happened at the Independent Supporters Council annual meeting, right? Oh, it was amazing. So it was, it was cool. We talked about it last week, and we could just explain what, what it was a, a little bit more detail because we finally got to see it in person. Right. Uh, all the- and if you don't know what it is and you're a, a supporter, uh, like a member of a supporters group in, in MLS or, or in USL or an NWSL or there was an MPSL person there. Yeah. Reach out, reach out to at ISC supporters and see how you could become a part of it, how you can help out. Exactly. So the so we get there Friday afternoon uh, and that evening we're basically on stage. They threw us right on stage. Right on stage. But you're here uh, to work. (laughs) Shout out to uh, the Dallas Beer Guardians who put the whole thing together. So every year, tremendous every year, a different in a different city, uh, a particular supporters group will will take the lead in, uh, you know, organizing all the events yeah. finding and the fi- financial responsibility too. finding yeah. the hotel, finding, uh, the, you know, conference spaces. And it's, it's a, it's a lot of work. Yeah. Uh, and all the heads of the supporters groups, every supporters group gets the opportunity to send, I think at least two representatives, uh, to, to whatever city it's, it's happening at. And there's a bunch of seminars. There's meetings on like how to, how to help out with issues in, in women's soccer, how to, TIFO, you know, we're making jokes, TIFO 101. Yeah, getting along with your front office or how to resolve issues with the front office. There's a lot of really important stuff that it's just sharing best practices. Yeah. And especially as newer teams come on, you've got more established, generally more established uh, supporters in these other groups that have been around for a long time that can sort of give you a guiding hand. Exactly. So we get there Friday and we get to do some stand up for, for, these people and right. it was probably i want to say like 60 people yeah uh and how fun were they they I mean, were they, they, it, it was just a blast it was just people were really unsure at first there was a few folks i would say maybe 40 percent of the audience were already fans of ours yeah they kind of didn't know who so we were at the very we least yeah. And they, yeah and they and they kind of got what we were about to do and i would say the other 60 percent were just like who the hell are these two are these people? Why are they here? Like, I want to be drinking my beer. Yeah, everybody <laughs> was like warm to us when we walked in, but for the most part, people were like, yeah, they're going to hold on to microphones and talk. We could just drink beer. <laughs> you know what I mean? Do we really have to yeah. listen to these two? You exactly. Know? And uh, I think as soon as we started, we started riffing a bit, um, especially on some of the teams, just like lightly roasting everybody. That's when everyone realized, oh, okay. Yeah, these guys came to play, and <laughs> okay. then we did a little stand up. We crushed. Yeah, we yeah we just absolutely demolished everyone. Yeah. Every they <laughs> carried you out of there. A couple guys tried to lift me up. It was pretty cool. <laughs> uh, but it was one of the best experiences uh, since we've been doing this show. Uh, yeah, that it it was even when we did the World Cup comedy tour, there was still like a fair amount of people that weren't soccer fans, and yeah. uh, and they were just they sort of there for a comedy show. So it was like lukewarm, some t- uh, depending on the show. Uh, but this was just like, yo, you made any joke about any soccer team, everybody got it. Yeah, this almost, it, I would say it matched the Atlanta um That stop. last show, yeah. Yeah, the last show. And not because it was in Atlanta, but Atlanta did come out in full support. That room was jammed. But also just there were so many like important people on stage with us that we got to joke around with and hang out, yeah. which was insane for all of us uh, involved. But this felt, it had a similar buzz because everyone from across the league was there. Yeah. It wasn't just one team. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. So they were so they were fans of of a lot of different clubs. And it was really it, it was it felt so significant in our story of Cooligans from where we started, just two dummies in my kitchen, mm-hmm. you know, to where we are now. It's pretty dope. Yeah. Uh and, and being there uh for that weekend and being around all these people that are that 
uh, uh, committed to the to the sport and and, seeing and the to sport. drinking and to oh, drinking. My yes. God, <laughs> they they, they, they want to make sure that soccer is is good and well in this country, but also that the brewery industry is doing okay. <laughs> yeah. And let me tell you something: they're putting their blood, sweat, tears, and health of their livers on the line for this sport. <laughs> so yeah, there was a there was a fair amount of partying. If you haven't seen the video of. Uh, uh, of all the supporters singing Bohemian Rhapsody. Go. None of them remember doing that. <laughs> that was uh, a really cool moment. I got to, uh, I ran in the middle, started filming it. Yeah, you uh, had the gimbal and I saw you take off. I'm like, where the hell's he going? And then you're in the middle, like spinning around. I'm like, oh, it's going to be a good video. <laughs> so you can uh, look at that on our Facebook page, uh, on uh, facebook.com slash soccer coolings. Watch that video. It's it's uh, incredible. It's very, very sweet. So uh, so it was, it was cool to be a part of and it was cool to uh, see it in action, right? You know, we know, we know supporters. We know what they kind of uh, contribute and what right. they what they sacrifice. But seeing everybody there who does the exact same thing and, and or has that, that same purpose, who these are people who do not make any money doing this. They sacrifice their time, their their money probably to to travel and do all this other stuff and really uh, figure out how to how to make their supporters group uh, popular or more relevant and things like that. And seeing all these people do that, you're like, it, it affects you in some way, right? Where you're like, oh, it's cool to see this. It also, like, inspires you. You know, we talk a lot about how much we're doing to try to grow the sport and stuff. And you could see what, what these folks are doing and what everyone else at ISC is doing on, on most game days. Yeah. You could see that that effect. But to see all of the work that goes into it when they're not watching a game it's like this is another full-time job for a lot of these yeah. people and there's no financial gain for them whatsoever yeah i had a i left with a newfound appreciation i understood what people did and stuff like that but i had I left with a newfound appreciation because Very people so. have uh you know sacrificed a lot of their uh time of years and just being in the belief like that that soccer is a, is a, a useful tool for the community and yeah. I, I was having uh you know, conversations with, with Sheba from uh, from Portland, from Timbers Army. From She's Timbers the president Army, of Timbers yeah. Army, who was a uh, who gave uh, us the tour of the Fun Lot. Yeah, it was amazing, a, a, a amazing human being, who was so support. I, I danced merengue with her as well. There was merengue on at the party. I was like, you know what, somebody Sheba, throw a merengue. Yeah, you know what, you're getting danced with. Okay, <laughs> uh, here come here come the cooligans. <laughs> so uh, I was on my way to the bathroom and I was like, hey, and I was like, I guess I got to dance a little bit, <laughs> and then I kind of slowly sashayed my way to the bathroom, <laughs> and then. Uh, which is another story in itself. <laughs> well, yeah. Viking Army, how cool were they from Red Bull? They were cool. Yo, no beef, no beef whatsoever. It was Matt, all love. It was all love, even with the NYCFC uh, third rail guys that were there. Yeah, every doesn't there was no rivalry throughout no rivalry. this conference, man. It was just so fun. Uh, the go- only real weirdness got resolved by the end of it, which was cool on our part. Weirdness. There's uh, some people who weren't too happy that we were there, and then by the end, they're oh, like, yeah, yeah, oh, you yeah. guys are cool as shit. <laughs> and we're like, yeah, yeah well, that's fine. Uh, we're yeah. trying to tell you. That. I think people they don't they haven't met us, and they just presume we're just like uh, either idiots or we're gonna mock them, or whatever. Right. Like, but we're gonna, we're, we're gonna, both of those. but we love you. We're both of those things. <laughs> we're idiots and we're gonna mock you, but it's because we love you guys. <laughs> but yeah, uh, Chupi. Who I, 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 your so, uncle, my uncle Chupi, <laughs> yeah. uh, from Viking Army, yeah. Who, uh, I always love seeing other Dominicans, so- soccer fans, that he's an OG, OG, Metro Stars, Red Bull, uh, been around for a while. I always, I always saw he was the dude with the horns in, yeah. uh, in, in the supporter section at Rebel Arena. I always, I saw, always saw that person. 
Didn't know he was Dominican. It changes everything. I didn't know he was my uncle. Because, yeah, yeah, and I, yeah. we learned that in Dallas. Yeah, the two of you, the two of you, I was like, this is, there's old family photos of the two of you. Is this kid, this guy teach you how to throw a curve? Uh, and Remember, in Dominican families, you don't play catch. You throw curves. <laughs> that's a, yeah, catch is, uh, that's an American yeah. thing. Okay? No, 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 I don't want you to catch the ball. You need to be able to throw 92 <laughs> left-handed. Okay. <laughs> that didn't knuckle at all. What yeah. is this? <laughs> How about we trying to get in the league? I don't give you five. <laughs> so it, it was all just dope, man. Uh, a, a good experience. A lot of fun. If you ever good get. Good experience for you. I shit my pants. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Do you, maybe we should uh, flesh out this story a little bit. <laughs> I was laying down. My stomach hurt from the moment I landed to when I left. And I know some of you are saying, we couldn't even tell when you were on stage. That was my flu game, folks. That was my damn flu game. Yeah, I mean. I felt uncomfortable the entire time. Then Christian picks some highway seafood restaurant. We almost get killed. It was and so I, good. It was good. But I decided to go for um, the, the shrimp at Diablo, basically. Like which a, is like a spicy shrimp. Like a spicy of. shrimp. And I ate like half of it. And I was like, yeah, I better not keep eating this um and i just really felt uncomfortable i ate whataburger i blame that for a part of it <laughs> i just really felt uncomfortable the whole the whole time um and then the night before we leave sunday night saturday night yeah we were kind of just hung out saturday we didn't really like have any responsibilities well we had uh we the, it was the party that was the, the going away the, party. The, yeah. yeah so we got to hang out with everyone and i was just drinking water i didn't drink any beer i drank maybe a beer after that but i was really uncomfortable so i drank mostly water and topo chico just trying to flush my system i just knew i was uncomfortable Went to sleep that night, tossing and turning, couldn't sleep well. At like 7.30 in the morning, I get the desire to fart. And I'm like, yeah, I should do that. <laughs> and quickly I realized it brought some friends with it. <laughs> uh, yeah. All I'm going to say is Christian slept through the whole thing. Thank God he was not in the bathroom. No, I Because I would have dragged. I, did, I did wake up uh, to to all I... All I in the in the dark of night, right? I just saw like uh, I've never seen you run so fast in my yeah. life. <laughs> Yo, your boy full sprint into the bathroom, dude. If it was, if I the, whipped off the sheets so fast, dude. If it was him and DeAndre yelling at a, like a four four forty, and the toilet was on the other end, Alexis would have won. Yeah, by a nose, <laughs> <laughs> at least by a nose. I was like, what? I've never seen Alexis scurry. I think he, I think he yeah. just scurried. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I ran so fast that my heels. We're touching the back of my legs, my thighs. I, uh, yeah, no, I hustled to the bathroom. Um, and it wasn't a lot, you know, but it was enough where I had to throw that underwear and sweatpants away. And Christian was, I woke up, I went, I figured it all out. Like, I, I got another pair of pants. Thank God you were sleeping. And then I, I figured, I showered. I had to cleanse myself of what happened. I wrapped everything up. I took a bag. I took the, the laundry bag. I threw that in there and I tied it up real nice and I threw it in the fridge. Because <laughs> I'm like, where else am I going to put this? Where else am I going to put this? Your boy threw it in the fridge. Okay. Uh, there was a mini fridge. Good thing I didn't have, have my lunch in <laughs> yeah, there. No, if you did. If you did, let me tell you something. Not, would not have smelled the way you wanted to when you microwaved it. And then on the way out, I took it out of the fridge like a good, respectful man. And I threw that in the garbage. But I texted my wife and I was like, my stomach is still hurting. She's like, oh, my God, what's wrong? She's like, maybe you got a stomach virus. Maybe, you know, maybe something else. Uh, maybe you got a little food poisoning. And I was like, well, you know, it's been bothering me since I took off. And her and I split dinner the night before. So she would be sick, too. She has a much more sensitive stomach than I do. So are you, are you saying your wife put something maybe in your food? Yeah, to, maybe. Uh, maybe maybe to flush may my system out. <laughs> Here's a quick way to lose weight. Shit directly in your pants, folks. Um, so I... Uh, 
which we're going. So I was trying to figure out where it all went wrong and and where I could have possibly gotten sick. I don't know what happened, but all I know is I'm texting her like I can't figure it out. All I know is I lost a pair of underwear. A Mac Weldon pair of underwear. Oh God, God forbid. Very expensive. What are I those? Forty dollars a pair. I mean, we're gonna have to have a funeral for that yeah, thing. It's, well, <laughs> it's <not laughs> buried real deep next to Bob Hope, if you will. Uh, and uh, which one call it? I text her that and this pair of sweatpants, which she doesn't even like those sweatpants. And she put, "No, don't throw them out. Bring them home, and we will wash them." Mm. What kind of? What kind of? We we. I love the we in yeah. there. What, what kind of? What kind of rat kid are you? How were you raised? Where I'm gonna bring home some pooped up underwear and sweats? Honey, I brought a gift. Yeah, yeah, yeah. In my in my in my bag. That's I, that's a bag you check. That's not something you bring with you. Yeah. Get out of here. Yeah. Don't put it in the carry on. It'll be. Uh, yeah, why no. is this plane f- smells a little strange? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'll tell you what it is. A little bit of Whataburger. <laughs> well. um... My stomach is fine. Yeah. And, uh, Mine's still a little upset. Oh, maybe eating uh, uh, eight pounds of pizza a week it may not be the best uh, solution. I told you I'll cut it down to seven and a half. <laughs> Please respect my process. Okay. Well, this Trust me, everyone. This I swear this is a soccer show. Uh, <laughs> we talk about soccer. Eventually uh, we get there. <laughs> so let's get to a couple things going on. Obviously, the breaking news out of Atlanta. Miguel Almiron. Miguel Amiron uh, is going, going to Newcastle. That's right. The 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 Atlanta of uh, of England. <laughs> that's right. Okay. You know how they love that their trap music yeah. out in Newcastle. <laughs> well, they all sound like mumble rappers to me. Uh, that is true. <laughs> and that's and that's just when they they speak normally. Yeah, that's just regular. They regularly speak. <laughs> so, that's it. Uh, Rafa Benitez got his wish. He gets to stay at Newcastle. That's right. <laughs> Rafa thought he found a way out. He was like, if you guys don't buy Miguel Amiron, I'm out of here. And he's like, that'll. That'll be pretty good. All right. Well, your punishment is we will buy Miguel. Uh, yeah. <laughs> How dare you? Uh, so this is uh, obviously a big deal. It's Not breaking news y- for us. I know you guys are listening to this on Wednesday, but we don't know. We don't. Uh, Forty the, minutes before we started recording, yeah, we don't know exactly how much uh, the deal is for. Uh, no, just- we know he's flying. Supposedly, they agreed to a twenty-seven million dollar deal, okay. American, which makes it what twenty-two million pounds. Sure, give or take. Yep. Not a bad deal. Yeah. Uh, he was their top transfer target. So yes. So this is a, a big deal. Uh, you know, he's, he's, he's what's changing from the five stripes to another five stripes, just a a different color, basically black and white, just black and white. Right. But this is a huge deal for, um, I mean, I guess what the future of MLS, the, the future of that, the pipe, the South American pipeline from, uh, uh, to MLS to England or to Europe, uh, there were a couple other teams, right? There was rumor he was going to go to Napoli. It was rumored uh, Rob Batiste, all these other teams. There was, yeah, there was the agent was doing a really good job of getting out in front of everybody, trying to get him sold. But at 24 years old, this changes everything for MLS. And we've said this a couple times, but this does. 20 million, look, he's not 27 million American, not the most expensive deal to go down. But I think that, is it the most that Newcastle's ever uh, paid for a transfer? I believe so. It might be, yeah. So, look, at the end of the day, hopefully this saves Newcastle and it makes everyone in America look good. This is big for Paraguay. This is big for MLS. This is big for everyone involved. Yeah, but this it- proves that there's that you could play well in MLS and be looked at highly and yeah. highly sought after by Premier League teams. Yeah, but that's it. And for them to spend the most money they've ever had ever have on an MLS player uh, says a lot. I mean, this without a doubt, it's just like. He they they respect the quality of play and 
And and at least to some degree, they respect the league that he played in enough to spend that kind of money. Right. So a huge, huge deal. Uh, best of luck to Miguel Miron. You know, I'm going to be watching, see see how he does. It, it, he's, let's see how him and DeAndre uh, pair up. I mean, they're... they're if if they if they have even close to a connection the way i mean similar to Greg Garza or similar like just that that running down the channel Miguel Miron is going to have an opportunity to like get some good uh passes into a running DeAndre Yedlin even though Yedlin is not that that's not the role he necessarily plays he's only no. scored one goal uh yeah. for uh for new for in the Premier League in general but there's going to be opportunities like that to send in some great crosses on like, I mean, and how fast is, I mean, how fast is Yellen them playing together? I'm excited to see that. I'm I'm excited. I'm now I'm going to watch a couple of Newcastle uh, matches just yeah. to see sort of how he blends in. See yeah. if it works out. You know, Rafa Benitez isn't dumb. You know what I mean? He's a, he's what he's a very detailed. Oh, tell, tell that to the Real Madrid fans, oh, huh? Oh, <laughs> God, there's no such thing as Real Madrid fans. <laughs> Not after they sold Cristiano Ronaldo. Anyway. Oh, okay. Um, so, He's one of those people that everyone says detail oriented has folders for everything, just like me. Everybody's like Alexis, <laughs> super or- organized, yeah, come in prepared every time. But he's one of those people that does his homework, and he did the homework on Miguel Amidon and said, "That's the guy we spend the most money we've ever spent on anything. Yeah. This is the guy you got to get me, or else I'm walking." He didn't say like, "Please get this guy." Here's a list of people. He said, "Miguel Amidon is a member of uh, Newcastle, or I'm not here." Yeah, yeah, that's big. This is that's insane. This yeah. is a player from MLS. <laughs> yeah. And this isn't a guy who went to Europe and came back to MLS. This is a player who took the step to go to MLS before Europe, knowing it would be a better move for his career. Yeah. It's like if uh if Pep Guardiola was like, if you don't get me, Graham Zuzi, I am leaving <laughs> yeah. this team, okay? I'm out of here. <laughs> uh, Stop asking me who Graham Zuzi is. <laughs> okay. Uh, do not disrespect me or the Zeus. The Zeus. <laughs> San Susi. Uh so I'm excited, man. I, I think it's gonna be uh if, if, I, I think he's gonna fit well in the team. I mean they they uh they they have to stay up. They have to stay up. That's the that's why they're spending this money. I hope uh, for Amiron's sake, for MLS's sake, that Newcastle does not get relegated. And Tim, our producer, Tim, just confirmed it. John Percy of The Telegraph tweeted out, it's a $27 million U.S. deal, a club record for Newcastle. Okay. This is it. It's huge. Yeah. Very, very, very. And you know, if Tim says it. True. <laughs> okay, and Tim Tim knows very very little about soccer, but yeah, very little. He also said that Bob Hope ended the U.S. tour. He went from the U.S.O. tours from 1941 to 1999. <laughs> he actually put 199. I'm assuming he means 1999. <laughs> no, he went backwards in yeah, time. <laughs> he, uh, well, he's old enough. He could have. <laughs> All right, so let's talk about uh, a couple other things. Let's talk about the U.S. men's national team because we finally got to see what Greg Berhalter. This is what Ernie Stewart. Ernie, you you were put all the chips in. You're holding him, uh, you know, he's holding, accountable, holding his feet to the fire. That's okay? it. Okay, uh, and uh, the the U.S. Ernie Stewart saving his job for a little longer <laughs> for one more game at the very yeah, least. At the By, very least, <laughs> hot seat. If, if Alexis is the boss, every every person in U.S. soccer is on the hot seat. You oh. you give up one goal, you're out of here. Yeah, out of here. <laughs> I'll fire you during the game. You think I won't? <laughs> so the U.S. men's national team plays against Panama. Uh, uh, it. Uh, I mean, we can l- we can talk about the details of how many tickets were sold. They played where six thousand in Tampa. I no, think I think it was nine thousand. I forgot where they, they played. played in uh, Arizona, Glendale, Arizona. Okay, so this was uh very few people. Yeah. At, at this game, great job picking a seventy thousand seat stadium for this game. <laughs> 
Great job. Who I okay. I mean we look and this ep, this this episode is going to be relevant uh, uh even more what we're talking about is going to be relevant to this episode because of the interview that we have coming yes. up uh with Kevin Payne of US Soccer and we talked to him uh we don't talk about this these specific specific things but you know just like the the if you if you are the groundwork of u.s soccer and why why it's why it is the way it is if you're a modern american fan oh boy yeah you you might not you might not like some of the things he has to say if you're a soccer conspiracy theorist you might think you're proven true (laughs) by the end of this whole thing so uh there's something for everybody right yeah fun for the whole family (laughs) so get uh, your tinfoil but but thank you again kevin pay for joining the show because it was uh uh he did provide some insight of the of the other side and we know we don't we we, you know us us liberal soccer people tend to be in this echo echo chamber and uh, we got to kind of got to hear what's going on on the outside (laughs) 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 so you will enjoy it trust me uh it might it might be uh, your first uh cooligans hate interview you know (laughs) yeah (laughs) uh but it was uh we we are very grateful that he was on the show so uh U.S. men's now team against Panama. Uh, U.S. wins 3-0. Uh, yes, and not a lot of people there. And uh, it is what it is. The U.S. men's national team missed out on the World Cup. They missed out on the opportunity to have have some excitement about the team. Nobody really wants to go out and just uh, spend a ton of money to go out and support a team just yet. Just uh, yet. But th- there's a lot of stuff to sort out. But let- let's talk about Greg Berhalter and uh, his Tactically, what the team looked like. Well, and let's talk about some of the new faces. The, yeah, let's talk about the team he picked. Yes. A lot of names you may not be familiar with. A lot of names that just jumped up a few levels. Mihailovic, in, in particular, mm-hmm. clearly uh, hopped up a few levels. I know he was injured for a long time. Chicago Fire prod, uh, product. Uh, looked great. I don't think he looked incredible, but he looked great. He looked good enough for where I'm like, if this guy gets a call back outside of the January camp, yeah. Um, I'm understood. I understand why. Yeah. Um, Christian Ramirez looked good. Uh, Baird looked uh, pretty Corey, good. Corey Baird, Corey Baird. Marcel. Uh, Zardes, I think, missed an opportunity to look good there. Mm-hmm. Um, who else? Who else were some of the names I mean, that really, you were impressed with? Uh, Michael Bradley. I mean, we got to get, I mean, we got to get show love, man. Yeah, I mean, you know what he could do. It's against <laughs> Panama. <relax. laughs> uh, he did look great. He looked great. Uh, he, yeah, I was, uh, I, I was genuinely impressed. Uh, even though, yeah, we all may have our issues with Michael Bradley. Uh, clearly he still has something to offer and this is what I hate. And, and, and I know that, um, uh, you know, uh, Ives Galarstep was, uh, he had tweeted this and we had retweeted it about just it. Every time there is a, uh, any, like if, if Michael Bradley is successful, uh, it's like, oh, the t- opponent was weak and th- th- it was Panama C team and whatever. And if, if, if Michael Bradley's terrible, then it's like, he couldn't even do it against the C team. You know what yeah. I mean? Like there's nothing. Nobody's ever it's, happy. He is in a lose-lose situation. Yeah. Then again, he was on the field and was a significant player for the team when they didn't qualify for the World Cup. So yeah, nobody's yeah, taking he's gonna take some heat. But yeah. anytime an American soccer person, fan or otherwise, says Michael Bradley played well and deserved to be there, it's like, you know, I don't know, walking into, you know, an AOC event and yelling, the wall's not a bad idea. <laughs> Everyone treats you that way. You know, yeah, you're yeah. like you're the worst human being ever. Of course. Yeah. And I, look, at the end of the day, Michael Bradley is a soccer player that plays in the U.S. Is, is he the guy that we should be depending on come next World Cup cycle? No. no of course not. But Gold Cup's coming in a year. 
I, no, Gold Coast is this year. Yeah, but I, you know what I mean? It's coming this year. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Bruh. Yeah, he's going to be important. Yeah, he will be very uh, useful. And also, <laughs> let's see what Burhalter's system is. Everybody's like, hey, I don't think he played exactly the way he played or he set up his team in, in Columbus. Clearly, this guy's got some range. Let's see what he does. Let's see how the pieces fit before we freak out yeah, that so, these are the pieces that are being used. And, and what's it will be. Tyler, think about how much better the team's going to be when you have your Adams, when you have your uh, Weston McKinney, when you have your Sergeant, when you have your Weah, when you have your Pulisic, when you, ha- ha- when you have your Weah, when you Weah, w- <laughs> come my Weah, uh- <laughs> everybody come my Weah. <laughs> so, the, but no, I so and and to get into maybe a li- a, a little TSS. TSS tactical, whatever. Ooh, Ooh we're going to be a quick take hot take. <laughs> but no, I, Greg Berhalter has been much more uh, forthright about how he wants to play than I think pretty much any other men's national team coach that, that I can remember. He's very, he's very specific and clear. And they were, there, there was a, uh, a breakdown that I saw that uh, so I forgot who put it up. I wish I could remember. Somebody put it up. I, I, it came up on my timeline. But it was uh, uh, Berhalter plays in a system where he, do, he, he doesn't want any, uh, like uh, horizontally on the field, he doesn't want any players uh, to be in a line of more than, more than two. Like n- nobody can be more uh, uh, like perpendicular. They can't be th- together. And then vertically, uh, they can't be in a straight three. line. No, nobody yeah. can be in a straight line. And when you saw it broken down, I was like, there was so much more space. There was so many more like triangles. There was uh, like, and you noticed in the game where I'm like, I'm like, holy crap! Like the the men's national team is holding onto the ball. Michael Bradley's pinging balls everywhere. Yeah, they, Panama had no real opportunity to to take the ball away. Yeah, Zach Steffen and Sean Johnson had I think one save that was wildly necessary each. Yeah. Everything else was just like, all right. I mean, if you if you don't need me here, and, and I, I could have brought my iPad out here, especially for <laughs> the look. Even in in the the uh, Dave Sarakin, uh, you know, era of those of those games uh, of just those uh, those friendlies, right? The U.S. did not look like that, even no. with their like A squad. Mm-hmm. So that le- it left me a little bit optimistic. I'm like, all right, then maybe there's Burhalter. Brought in a little bit of more just confidence on the ball, just a little bit of a system that the players are like, all right, uh, uh, I'm I'm a I'm a bit more proud to wear this uniform right now because I feel like there's there's a system in place. Well, I think the thing that most of the players have said or the reporters have leaked out about the camp is that every player understood what their role was on the field. Yeah, and they understood what what when they did something, whether that was a positive or negative thing for how the team wants to play, which is. Wildly different from anything we've had since probably the last Bob Bradley era. Sure. So, look, I'm not going to sit here and say that I think Greg Berhalter was in the entire world the best option. But I think he's an incredibly good option and I'm willing to give him a chance because those little things are uplifting to hear. Those little things are a step in the right direction. Yeah. And but then and now that seeing him. Do well and seeing, yeah, it was just one game. But it, 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 let's say the next friendly uh, that comes up, it, it, it just feels like, why did it take so long to get him there? What were we waiting? <laughs> what for? the hell were we waiting for, man? It's like, it's like, and it wasn't. And by the way, Ernie should have to answer that question. Sure, I mean, he doesn't. How long does he have to answer the question? But it just seems more. He re- never did. You know, <laughs> so answer it once. Yeah, it just seems more ridiculous as time goes on, and and as he does well, right? Uh, but 
let's talk about some of the the players that you know that that especially the, uh, one of them that uh, got his first cap. Who stood out the most to you? Let's start there. Who stood out the most to me? I mean, Frank. I'll be honest. I'm gonna have to say Michael Bradley stood out the most to me. Other than Michael Bradley, because he's been around the most of the of the newer guys. Jonathan Lewis. Really? Yeah. Yeah. Without a doubt, he looked very impressive. He looked so confident and just he plays like he plays in nycfc attacking defenders he's fast he's he's good on the ball he's not the best on the ball he's not he's not the best striker he's a, but he is clever enough uh to to create some space and mm-hmm. and and get uh some good opportunities to either get a shot on goal or, or more more than likely get an assist and uh he is I, currently listed as the only forward on nycfc yes so Look, you've if you've listened to this show before, yeah, we have talked about John, Jonathan Lewis ad nauseum. Yeah, we've talked about him so much, <laughs> and it's not because we think he's the greatest ever. He's clearly someone that deserves to get a chance. Yeah, and he got a chance on the men's national team, a, a real shot on the men's national team before his club team, where yeah. he's like he's and and not to say that he doesn't get real opportunities uh, on NYCFC. But when he does, he shines. When he does, he shines. He, he's, he, he is known as a super sub when, when it's like, yo, he, he could be doing this for 90 minutes, not just 10, yes. not just 15. So maybe there's a, a concern or an issue with like his, uh, his ability from like, as far as an endurance perspective, but at or the maybe, very least he deserves some starts. Yeah. And if it's an attitude issue, then at some point that needs to be made public. I mean, maybe, maybe it's, something needs to be done yeah. so that people can understand what the frustration is that two and two don't equal a four here because the guy not good enough to start for the men's national team in this game. And I think it's more uh, an issue of, he didn't fit the system that Burhalter wanted. Got, gets a chance, sees a breakdown of the play and creates an opportunity yeah. that leads to a goal. A t- and a tap in. By the, the way, all he did was ping it off a pole. Into oh, yeah. the goal. Yeah. The fact that that counts for Christian Ramirez <laughs> and not and not him, not Jonathan Lewis, <laughs> is out of this world. I mean, shouts to Christian Ramirez. Happy for you. That was 99.999999997% percent Jonathan Lewis. Lewis. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, I mean, I don't know who... Who listens to this that can get to any word to Dome Torrent or whatever? Dome listens. Dome. Oh, yeah. Because it's looking, especially with how well Jonathan Lewis played, it, it's looking crazier that he's not yeah. a, a starter on NYCFC. It's insane. Uh, how, how, you, uh, how are you successful on your national team and your club team? You can't, you can't even get minutes. Yeah. Uh, uh, that's, did that happen with somebody? Who did it happen with recently? I think it was somebody in the World Cup. I don't remember. But it's just like insane to me. Anyway. Uh, you know who impressed me the most? Who? I was going to say Corey Baird. I like the way he played on that wing. Clearly, most of the game was going through him, which is, a, a you know, just a, what a monster responsibility. Yeah. Um, but I'm going to go back. I'm going to say that it's uh, Mihalovic. Georgie? First of all, love a dude with two silent Ds in his name. Okay. Okay. Very nice. Yeah. Uh, way to confuse uh, everybody. Uh, Alexis uh, has silent Fs. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Stop calling me flexless. <laughs> I ain't down with it. Um, I like the fact that when, and yeah, it was a deflection and he didn't make like crazy through passes. He kept pinging it back. A lot of people are blaming him for not, you know, making turns and not going out. He found open spaces. Mm-hmm. 
he would go back, he would reset, which is something that American teams in the past have always seemed to me either too afraid to go forward or too hellbent on going forward. Okay. And he was like, smart. No, I'm going to ping it back. He had a lot of poise with him. A lot of German teams were there um, taking a look at him, which is, did they count towards the attendance? That would have been nice. <laughs> uh, you don't count the whole, the whole team, 11 for everybody. Um, when given an opportunity, he shoots, he scores. Those are big man opportunities. Yeah. Those are someone who takes the game by the balls and says, yo, I'm going to do it. So something like that, I'm like, yeah, you're going to get a little bit more credit from me. Yeah. And it's not just because he scored. He took the chances where we're given something. Ebobisi didn't do Ebobisi, mm-hmm. And I was hoping Ebobisi would, I was hoping Ebobisi would show that it wasn't just when he plays for Portland, that he could score in these big opportunities. Maybe it's not a system he's used to playing. Maybe sure. it's not a role he's used to having. I'm not saying he played badly. He just didn't take it by the bulls the way uh, Mihailovic did. Mihailovic said, yeah. And there's some, some players that had that, you know, that opportunity, I, I yeah, it, it's it, I guess it will take t- more time to adjust for some people than others, right? Uh, but given this game, like a three no result, like especially after the the I mean the ordeal that we've all been through yeah. with, with this coaching. Mind issue. you, this team made the World Cup and we didn't. So yeah, yeah. I mean, what are you, you going to do? So, uh, but I, I it was the for the first time in a long time I was like I actually left being like all right like. This this was good. This I'm 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 happy about the the, the next group coming forward uh, and next in line to 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 battle for starting positions, especially uh, for the gold cup. And, and there's people. There's yeah. There's, there's, there's like, depth we didn't know about now. Exactly. And look, if Mihailovic and uh, you know and Jonathan Lewis and these guys uh, and even Christian Ramirez could put pressure on the guys ahead of them, that's a good thing for American soccer. Yeah, and and it, it makes you feel at least like Greg Berhalter, especially having played against a lot of these players that he's called into the team that we, he just, he's a, he, he feels like coached against them. Uh, yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah. I mean. Uh, I haven't competed, uh, yeah. <laughs> in, in the, in the art of the, of football. I was like, was Berhalter out there? <laughs> little player coach. But after, uh, he, he knows the players from, he's probably, you know, he's had to, um, uh, plan for them, you mm. know, uh, tactically uh, when he's playing against them in, in the regular season or in the playoffs and stuff like that. But I feel like, Berhalter is like a slightly more uh, of a tinkerer than uh, than than Bruce Arena than uh, uh, Jurgen. Like he's just a little bit more like he, he seems like. And we were joke. You had made a, a a tweet about like he doesn't. He seems very serious. Like he doesn't laugh yeah. at anything. He just says, "Oh, that's funny." Yeah. Right. And he just seems like kind of a awkward, serious soccer guy. That like he, he enjoys soccer more than he does anything else. Exactly. Yeah. So with that said, I'm just like the, the fact that he could take these young players and make them who have not, not a lot of them haven't played together before and make them look pretty confident. That that is what makes me confident in the future of this team. Yeah. I mean, we're obviously we're happy with the result. We got another game. We got another game. Who they play against? What's the next game? It's a big one. Uh, I can't remember right now. <laughs> that's, a, that's that's what this show is, not knowing who the hell the U.S. is going to play. Uh, Costa Rica on Saturday. All right. Okay. The second. So, okay. All right. Another challenge. Let's see what happens. Let's see how that goes. Let's see if Matarita might. Uh, I don't know. If, did he get called in? I don't know if he got called into that. I don't know. But, you know, they were probably watching this game and trying to now. Yeah, yeah. Now people are going to be able to plan. We're not surprised to get anyone any, anymore. All right. So. Uh, let's get to our next segment and let's get to our interview, uh, with Kevin Payne. So Kevin, you'll, uh, so just to prepare you for what you're about to hear, because I know a lot (laughs) of our 
listeners are like-minded listeners like us. We want to see the, the game of soccer grow, and we want we want pro rel, and we want solidarity payments. And, and we, it's important to know not everyone wants that, <laughs> that for a game. Some to people grow. do not agree with you. Some people think it's just fine where it is. <laughs> All right, stop messing with the thing I built. Yeah. That's what they say. So. Kevin Payne is one of those people who are very influential in the the creation of Major League Soccer, the 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 the, 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 safe, of, the safety of Major League Soccer. It, look, the at, the end, at the end of the day, the league wouldn't be here if it wasn't for a handful of people, one of which is Kevin Payne. Exactly. Now, <laughs> for those of you listening who are not MLS fans, you'd be like, I know. <laughs> and this interview is only going to make you way more enraged. <laughs> okay. Uh, we were trying to be respectful. Yeah. Right. This is still an older dude in front of us. We're not just gonna be like, How could you fucking do it? We're not, we're not animals. Okay. Exactly. But that said, we didn't agree with any, everything he said. We might not agree with anything. Um, <laughs> but it, I think Christian said it as soon as the interview was done. And he was w- with that, you know, far enough where he couldn't hear us, <laughs> you know, which is not that far. He's an older man. Um, he, Christian said like, it's important to hear those points of view. Because you know they exist, and you don't really get to hear them that often. Yeah. So it's important to see where where is everyone else, you know? And we mentioned to a few people. I'm not going to name who. Uh, one of one of which is is a longtime soccer writer, uh, and they were like, "Yeah, no. I mean, when people say that there's an underground conspiracy stopping those progressive things from happening in soccer." he's the guy they're talking about. You know what I mean? Or when people say the league won't move on until those old guards die out, he's one of those old guards they're talking about. And you could see someone who it's hard for me to make, to make, put my arms around something. Someone says with such a strong belief that it's like, well, I know you're wrong. And what you're saying is antiquated, but you believe it so much. Yeah. That no matter what I say, you're just going to think what I'm saying is hooey. You know what I mean? <laughs> uh, you got my point? Uh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, that was a, uh, just, yeah. That's sort of how, I mean, I don't want to, <laughs> I feel like it's weird to be like, I hope he dies. Yeah. That's no, not what <laughs> I'm, I'm telling you what someone else said. <laughs> someone else hopes he dies. Oh, man. <laughs> I say just get out the game. (laughs) (laughs) That's it's just a look. It is what it is. U.S. soccer is the way it is for a reason, and this this is part of it. And this is part. Some things have to change. Uh, I would uh, love some people want things to change, and 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 that's and we have to fight for that. And that's what our fans think. Yeah. So like, you're gonna listen to this. Let us know what you think, please. We'd love to hear your thoughts. Please let us know. Maybe the right answer is somewhere in the middle. (laughs) <laughs> it might not be. So we'll see. Uh, so you we'll, tell us. We'll be right back with Kevin Payne right after this. Thank you so much for listening to The Cooligans. We just want to give you a word from one of our sponsors, us, and you, Gully Squad. That's right. Show that love. Show that support. All the people who've uh, helped us get to. I mean, look, we got to go to ISC, uh, and, and the Gully Squad members are a big reason. Uh, Chicago, big part of that. ISC over in Dallas. It's, Previously, when we went to Dallas for the interviews, and some of these other interviews we're planning with some other teams, things like that. All of those things are super important uh, for us. We're trying to give you some of the best and funny content, and you guys make it possible. If you're a member of Gully Squad, you have helped us out so tremendously, and we could, we could use a little bit. 
little bit more help. Exactly. So soccercooligans.com slash gully squad. Uh, that's the place to go. And if you, you know, there is a super secret Facebook group that may or may not exist. Yeah. Okay. And nobody knows if it does or does not. No comments from anybody. Exactly. I'm not saying nothing. Uh, but there, there might be a possibility if you join the gully squad, I mean, it might, you might end up in that group. Who knows? Maybe it's like, it's like joining like the Freemasons or something, but you go right to the top. You know what I mean? <laughs> like you get to see all this stuff. Like you get to see the drawing of Jesus holding his baby. You know what I mean? That's what happens when you join Gully Squad. You're right to the top. Okay, I'm going to show you where the bones are hidden. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> you want to smell the bones, bro? We got bones. So go to SoccerCooligans.com slash Gully Squad and join today. Yeah, baby! <laughs> Sorry about that. All right, we are here in Chicago. We're at the convention. <laughs> they put us near the bathrooms. Uh, but we're going to be doing interviews. The sound you hear in the background, that is the Adidas DJ booth next to us. They're being very rude. Yes. And they're uh, having too much fun. And uh, and you also might hear some flushing because uh, yeah. we're next to the bathroom. Again, well, yeah, we're, I said that. Though. <laughs> yeah. But the reason uh, we're doing this interview, I mean, we're just excited to be here in Chicago. We're at the convention. You get to meet some people that are brand new in soccer, some people that have been in soccer for a long time, some people that are OGs. And we're talking to one of those. Ladies and gentlemen, unless you're driving, put your hands together for the one, the only. Mr. Kevin Payne, everybody. Hello, Kevin. Thank you so much for being on the show. Gentlemen, thanks for having me. <laughs> Take number two. Yeah. Uh, so uh, so th- that when we first introduced ourselves, that was the, the one thing I, I noticed. I'm like, look, I, you, letting you know, hey, we're both stand-up comedians. Isn't, is this a little bit strange? Is this, the, the, just the concept of two stand-up comedians from New York at a soccer conference. How does that even make you feel? Well, you know, I mentioned to you that uh, in the soccer business, particularly in youth soccer, it's often either laugh or cry. Okay. That's and what... I'd rather laugh than cry, so <laughs> thankfully I, you're not going to ask me to weep on the microphone. Sure. No. I mean, we, we spent some time crying, you know, after the U.S. men's national team did not make it to the World Cup, so that was uh, that, that was the, the latter of those uh, two emotions, right? Just sitting by myself in my room. My wife's <laughs> like, are you okay in there? I'm just weeping. <laughs> uh, you know, I, I watched that, so... It's funny you said that. I actually watched that game sitting at a outdoor um, bar in my at the country club where I live uh-huh. in Charleston, South Carolina, because they had access to the channel that was broadcasting the game. I was the only one, the only person there. It was just me and the bartender, and I kept repeating. You have got to be kidding me. Yeah. <laughs> you have got to be kidding me. So Hope, during the game. Hopefully with a couple more swears. Well, there was, there was yeah. some expletives in there, um, particularly at the end of the game when all of the various things that had to happen to keep us out of the World Cup all happened yeah. at the same time. It was pretty <laughs> surreal. Yeah. That that uh, So so people don't know uh, your background. I, so right now you're currently a U.S. soccer executive, and, and like you mentioned... U.S. club soccer. U.S. club soccer, U.S. okay. U.S. club soccer, yeah. So, oh, so how about that? What is uh, specifically the difference? Well, U.S. club soccer is what's called a National Association member of U.S. soccer. So we're the same kind of member that ASO is or USYSA. There's only three of us in that okay. category. In our case, we have 500,000 members in all 50 states, uh, we have 75,000 or so staff. So we're a very very large national organization. Okay. But we're a member of U.S. Soccer, which is obviously the national governing body. Got it. Uh, and... and- uh, we should we should ask every every Alexis every question that we could possibly have about how uh, soccer works from the the youth levels <laughs> to get to the point where you know where we miss the World Cup. You know what I mean? Like well, this is our opportunity to ask these questions. And, and one of the things and, and that I'm just curious about. 
uh, when it comes to, uh, maybe you might have a take on this. When it comes to like solidarity payments and things like that, and and the, and youth soccer not really working the way it works in other countries, how how do you? feel about it and what should we like as fans we're just like how come soccer is not the main sport in the country and how come uh you know like uh, uh, academies don't get uh the money they need uh and uh, how do we get rid of pay for play and things like that like what what is because that, that that's the only uh, perspective i this can feels come like from. a loaded very good <laughs> yeah, yeah, very loaded like, well there was a lot in there what's yeah. wrong so man? Uh, let's yeah. unpack that um <laughs> basically Kevin, fix Americans. Fix, yeah. fix it all, <laughs> will you, man. Will you? You could in one fell swoop. I think. I think. Let's start small, right? Why does there seem to be a disconnect? And maybe this is changing. Maybe you can give us insight into that, into how the youth setup is, and getting that to the pro level. Are we wrong? Well, I think there. I think that the difference here, compared to say a European country, is youth soccer in America had its most explosive growth at a time when there was no national division one professional soccer league. So there was no pathway. There was indoor soccer. And then there were various forms of the Western soccer league, the American professional soccer league, the American soccer league, all these minor leagues, none of which were careers for people. Yeah. And to put, so, it, to put that in perspective, you're talking about post the collapse of the NASL. Yes. And before the beginning of MLS. Right. So in that dozen or 13 years, um, youth, youth soccer exploded and enjoyed its greatest expansion in advance of the World Cup in particular and immediately around the World Cup in 94. And so it became an end in itself. It, it, it didn't exist for the purpose of producing players for a professional environment. It existed to support itself. Right. So... We start out from a coming at it from a completely different place. There's still a misunderstanding, in my opinion, in, in American soccer in, in terms of roles. Um, I believe that 90, you know, I love this event. I love coaches. But I think that 99% of the people in this event probably don't really understand what their job is. They, they think of their job as preparing to win a game on Saturday. Right. But if you talk to Gary Fuliando, who is the La Liga methodology expert who's pr presenting for us this week he would say no 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 my job is to develop players to develop individual players i'm not worried about developing teams okay i'm trying to produce players for the next level but how does that work though because basically you have coaches that want to keep their jobs and they want to grow and they want to get up in levels and in order to do that they have to win so if you're coaching a team well, of 13 year olds you're going to force them to go straight well Who's why the should they kid? so here's the other difference so in in spain or argentina or italy or any other country that's actually good at developing players right um the people that work in at the level where they're developing players that's a job that's a career mm. They're not thinking about, oh, someday maybe I could be the uh, head coach of the L.A. Galaxy or D.C. United. They're thinking about, how do I get this player to be better? And that's what their job is. That, and it's a completely different skill set. You know, it's, it's the easiest thing to compare it to is teaching. An elementary school teacher is not constantly striving to become a college math professor. Right, they're, they're looking they're, to be the thinking, best. I want to be the best possible yeah. elementary school teacher, and that's a very worthy effort and a worthy career. So that's what I say when I talk about the fact that I think there's con massive confusion that's endemic now 
in terms of what the roles are. It's hard to change that. It, it takes a long time. Although I think you made a good point. We should have promotion and relegation in teaching. Ooh. You know what I mean? Like <laughs> your average grade slipping? Okay. Bruh, go to gym class. You're not a gym teacher. You're going back to third grade. <laughs> you go to kindergarten, you're almost out. You're almost out. You're out of the league. I mean, the, the first thing that came to mind. <laughs> well, it made me uh, just think, like, that, uh, comparing it to teachers, I'm like, well, a lot of soccer players make less than teachers. Yeah, you know? or a lot of soccer coaches at the youth level are also teachers or also something else. They also have to do something and that's else. And that's fine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, I mean, that's, that's a choice that they've made. Yeah. And, um, you know, early in my career, I, I coached soccer as a an adjunct to my other job. Right. You know, I, I made a little extra money doing it. I enjoyed doing it. But I didn't, you know, I wasn't bemoaning the fact that I couldn't quit my other job and Hey, you know, you, you you play the hand that you're dealt. Right. If you can improve it, you do. So but you ought to know what your job is. I'm curious, why why do you think that uh, that job, that quote-unquote job does not exist of the, the, the person in place to just make sure that, that players develop? Is it because that there isn't that, like, economy of buying and selling players um, in, in the well, U.S.? No, I don't. I don't listen, it's... If you looked at the American population of players, let's just say it's 4 million. It's bigger than that, but there's 4 million that are registered through U.S. soccer. There's a much bigger number than that that aren't registered, but let's just say 4 million. How many of them are going to become professional players, are ever going to be paid a dime to pay? At least 3.8. I'm joking. <laughs> Not even yeah. close. I know, yeah. It might be 0. 0.38. Really? Okay. Yeah. If it's even that high, I doubt if it's that high. Even if you count college scholarship as being paid, it's still probably not that high. So for the vast majority of players, you know, coaches need to be dedicating themselves to providing the best possible experience for these kids. So every kid that you come in contact with, whether they're Landon Donovan or they're just a kid that likes playing soccer, you should be striving to give them the best possible experience. Not every kid is, I always say this, not every, not every recreational player is going to become a national team player. But every national team player started out as a recreational player. Right. And so, and you don't know who, they, who they're going to be. Yeah. When, when they're 12 or 13 years old, there is no evidence anywhere in any country in the world that you can predict with any kind of, you know, scale right. who are going to be the players that emerge at the end. Because that's just not the way people develop biologically. That's not, they don't, they don't enjoy their physical maturity until yeah, yeah. later in life. In t by, by 12 or 13, yeah, I can see that. It, it is, it is a, it's a lottery, right? You don't know who might be. Uh, you can't bet on anybody. But by 15, 16. Oh, yeah. Then, then kids are starting to become more mature. Yeah. And, and you ought to be able to understand at that point who's going to have the physical. And even then, you can, it can still change a of, lot. Of course. I mean, there's kids that grow, you know, eight inches over the summer and they're when they're 16 years old yeah but um, do you I'm think still that, waiting for that <laughs> yeah me too but don't yeah. you think there's like something maybe a little bit lacking in that maybe the american coach or the american soccer uh, uh landscape can't identify a 15 and 16 year old player that and 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 make them uh you know prioritize them a little bit and make them great well you know it, a lot of it depends on what criteria you're using right yeah so we have because we have traditionally had a big focus at youth soccer in winning games. Right. 
So it tends to be the kids that are the biggest, strongest, fastest athletes. You take your biggest, strongest, fastest athlete, put them closest to the other team's goal. Yeah. You take your next biggest, strongest, fastest athlete, put them closest to your goal, and then you mix in everybody else. And so you don't play a whole lot of – now, that's not the way it works in Argentina or in Spain. Sure. Right. You know, they, they are looking at players that not worried about them in the context of a team. They're looking at each individual player and saying, what do they do well? What can we improve with them? What are their qualities that are special? And, you know, it's just a different mentality. It takes time for this to change. Until recently, until very recently, England did the same thing. I mean, England tended to bracket kids based on their physical prowess. And now they're, they're finally starting to catch on that there's more to it than that, and they've begun to have much more success at the youth levels internationally. And I think you'll see those players emerge at the senior level for England. What If, if there was something that, if you were made in charge of U.S. soccer in total, and you could have your sway and decide anything, you make any change, you only get one. Yeah, one major change. Do you know what that would be? Just one change. It could be small. It could be huge. It could be anything. I would. I would uh, try to dissuade the American soccer population from thinking that there's one thing. Ah, okay, okay. <laughs> I'll uh, teach you, buddy. I, well, that's why you only get one, and now you're out, and now I'm in, and I get. And I, my I change actually, would be paying myself a lot of money. And I have often said that. I, I used to say that all the time in the MLS board. Um, I think that too often we have looked. For what I call it the eureka moment. Or like like a we're going to wake bullet. up some morning yeah. and say, well, why didn't we think of that before? Yeah. But the, the fact is that we've thought of most of these things. We haven't been very consistent in application. It's really hard work. Um, it's, yeah. There are no simple answers to any of these things. For every simple answer, somebody else is going to have another simple answer that is completely contrary. So it, it's hard. I think we just need the answer is we need to do a lot of things better. And we need to be much more mindful of how we approach this process. And we need to be focused on the process, very focused on the process. I'm curious because we uh, uh, we interviewed Dan Hunt uh, a couple of weeks ago. We were in uh, in Dallas. And he did talk about the, the experience he had um, – when what uh, after uh, when the teams were contracting, uh, when MLS teams were contracting, and that worrying that the league was not going to exist anymore. I know you were involved in that as well. Oh, yeah. You were right. So, you, so I'm curious, what was your what was your experience like? What did you what did you think would happen to the well, league? I was managing six teams. That's right. So no no big task there <laughs> for AEG. Yeah. Um, and actually. Uh, and uh, Dan was pretty young when that was going on. He had just started to get involved. I think he had maybe had just graduated from college. Mm-hmm. Dan's father was one of the two people in particular who saved the league. Yeah, Lamar. Lamar mm-hmm. And particularly Phil Anschutz. Um, Robert Kraft also, the Kraft family also kept New England alive. But Phil took on six teams, 60% of the league. Lamar took on three teams. Um, I spent a lot of time with Clark Hunt and with John Wagner who was the president of Hunt uh, Sports, um, trying to figure out where could we save money? Where, what were reasonable um, you know, points of discipline that we could institute and say, this is what the MLS budget is going to look like on a team level and on a league level for the next five years? Because that was the biggest problem we had. We, we had no predictability. Nobody knew going into a year, am I going to lose a million? Am I going to lose eight million? 
Yeah. And, Jeez. you know, even for wealthy people, and it was a tough time uh, in the economy. Right. But even for wealthy people, that's a big swing. You know, of course. there's lots of people who might say, yeah, I'll stick with it and lose a million. But, eh, man, I'm not losing eight million. And that that was there was a lot of unpredictability. And we spent a lot of time trying to figure out how we could demonstrate to prospective buyers because it was a classic workout. The whole idea was always to f- try to fix it, create a little more certainty and then resell yeah. these operating opportunities. You know, we, I'll, I'll call them franchises. They're not franchises, but that's yeah. a term that people understand. Um, and, you know, we were able to do that eventually. You know, the, the hunts were able to sell uh, Kansas City. We in D.C., I, I sold D.C. United. Then we sold Colorado. Then we sold New York. And then we sold half of Houston. And, and we actually then, so we broadened the investor base. But a lot of it had to do with the fact that we are able to say to them, here's a five-year spending plan, and we're not going to deviate from it. Yeah, yeah. And it's only going to cost you this much. We can't completely control what it costs you at the local level, but you have that control. Yeah. But at the league level, it, these things are going to happen, and we're not going to we're not going to throw a bunch of money down the drain. And that, we had been doing that and with the way the uh, with the way the league is going. Just piggybacking on what you just mentioned, to go from contracting teams and you know, as Dan mentioned to us, you know, it being on one phone call about to be made to, to close the league up to where we are now, where teams are almost going for two hundred million each or franchises, as you will. It seems to us as fans that soon enough it's going to come a time where the single entity structure won't be able to maintain itself where there's just too much value in these individual teams where something like that may have to expand. Do you disagree? Well, I think uh, think in some ways the single entity, um, people shouldn't worry too much about the The single entity was done for a few reasons. Early on, it you know, certainly it was a way to help manage spending. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that, and that was necessary. We would have gone out of business if... if uh, certain teams had been allowed to spend as much as they wanted. And they, they were some of the ones that walked away. Right. They wanted to spend more. Yeah. And then when, when times got tough, they were like, well, see ya. Yeah. And uh, so, the, the you know, the guy with the most resources out of the whole group was Phil. Yeah. And he was the one that said, we need discipline. So he could have done anything he wanted. And frankly, it wouldn't have made him any richer or any poorer hmm. in relative terms. Yeah, but yeah. he didn't. He understood we had to run this like a business. I think that um, with the with the models that they now have now, the rules they have now on VPs uh, with TAM money, the ability of teams to spend way above the salary cap, I really don't think it's fair of anybody to suggest that the single entity model is preventing teams from doing what they want to do. If Arthur Blank wants to go out tomorrow and sign Leo Messi, he can do that. He has the right to do that. Yeah. Um, so I think a lot of what the single entity did was it caused us to seek collaborative solutions when there were problems. It, it caused the group around the table to say, well, we can't just do whatever we want. So. Let's figure out how we can do something that everybody buys into, that we all agree. It may not be, not everybody's going to be unanimous on it, but we achieve a consensus, which is the way adults uh, are supposed to do things. It's a little bit of the NFL model, which, and the NFL is the most, without question, the most successful professional sports league in the world. Mm -hmm. I mean, 
you know, way more. They're probably double the revenue of the EPL. Um, and, you know, that that's a better model, in my opinion, a better business model. Um, but do you see how that worries fans, that it takes away the spirit of the sport to some degree? No, it doesn't. Of the, being able to, guys, like, individually develop players or... You think um, these guys... Or even th- American players being able to sort of dictate their own pay. Do you think these guys... Well, they can dictate their own pay. It's a world market. They but can, they don't have free agency. Well, they, they There's can, a minimum. There's they can a go amount. overseas. They, they can go elsewhere. If they're out of contract, they go anywhere they want. That's what mm-hmm. the courts found. It's right. a world market. Sure. Christian Pulisic is playing in... Germany and soon in England. Yeah. You're not playing in MLS. Yeah. Right. So sorry if you're not good enough to take advantage of that. So yeah. th- then you got to work where you can work. Right. Um, but you don't have to work for MLS if you don't want to. You can leave. It's not, there's a, you know, look, fans. You see both sides of the argument, though, I, right? I do. Yeah. I, I understand. I'm a fan, too. Yeah. I'm a fan of MLS. I'm a fan of the NHL. I'm a fan of, you know, the NFL. Um but I don't think that I'm not unrealistic enough to think that this is monopoly money. Right. This yeah. is somebody's money. Yeah, there's money here. Uh, I mean, it's it's somebody's money. It belongs yeah. to someone. Yeah, of course. It's it's not it's not just like it's not some <laughs> sort of uh, fictional device. Yeah, right. we um, we definitely lose sight of that, and and we think like, well, why can't we just be as good as yeah. England and Argentina, and it, and it should just happen. We're a big country, and we have we're supposed to be the best at everything. Hey, I, I was talking. We had dinner last night with uh, our colleagues from La Liga, and we were trying to explain to them about the scale of college football mm-hmm. and they were completely blown away and because they they had they have visited a couple of campuses so yeah. they you mean the, college american football american okay yeah, american yeah. football yeah, yeah, yeah. gridiron football so the very first course we ever did was at texas a&m and they were saying texas a&m's facilities are better than anybody in la liga, la liga. And, yeah, we, yeah. and i said to him you weren't in the football facility you were in the Texas A&M soccer locker rooms. Okay. Go in the football locker rooms <laughs> yeah. if you want to see something. Where all that booster you know, money is. Go to Ohio State and look at their facilities. They're, they dwarf, you know, Bayern Munich. or, and, and that's, you know, and we don't even count that as a professional sport. Sure. Yeah, Major League Baseball does more revenue than the EPL. The NBA does as much revenue as the NPL, uh, as the EPL. Yeah. The National Hockey League does more revenue than the Bundesliga or La Liga. Isn't and a lot college of that also... football does more revenue than probably all of them. And that's, that's what also we're competing with. the TV contracts and the commercials, which is a big plus, right? Yeah, but I'm just talking about the scale of the yeah, businesses. Yeah, sure. So when you say, like, why is an MLS up to the level of, EP, of the EPL? Well, because it's got way more competition, even though we're a much bigger country, obviously. Yeah. But... You know, we've got leagues here, multiple leagues, that are bigger than the EPL in other sports. I think what MLS has done is nothing short of remarkable. Does yeah. it still have a long way to go? Can it get a lot better? No question. Yeah. I- but the fact that you have, you know, and Atlanta's an outlier, but nonetheless, Atlanta is probably among the top 10 
clubs in the world in yeah. terms of average attendance now. That who, Whoever thought that would happen? <laughs> I think it finished 14th last year in the world. Well, it'll be higher this year. And the, yeah. But the fact that you had such a such a direct influence and direct history with MLS, how do you feel about seeing something like that what, uh, uh, based on what's happening in Atlanta? Oh, when I you feel... were managing six teams, did you think this would be possible? <laughs> well, I did, but I, really? I, didn't, I didn't know when. Okay. Yeah. You know, I, I thought that the game... You know, that was the advantage that I had at the very beginning over everybody else in MLS. I understood the game. I, I had spent years selling the game uh, in the early 90s when nobody wanted to buy it. Yeah. And I ran the company that did put on all of the U.S. national team games, sold all of the U.S. national team sponsorships, Is that sold some? TV. Soccer USA Partners, it was called. Oh, okay, Soccer yeah. USA and Partners. People must have been like, oh, Kevin's calling again, talking yeah. about his old kicking the ball around. Yeah, no. Jesus. Put it on Craigslist. <laughs> I'm not, actually, I haven't mentioned kicking the ball around. Yeah. Um, but it, it was a different world. I mean, I, I remember flying home from Trinidad when we qualified for the 1989, uh, in 1989 for the 1990 World Cup. Where were you guys in uh, oh, I was November <laughs> of 1989? <laughs> uh, I mean, kindergarten, maybe? Yeah, yeah. I was, uh, yeah, yeah we, so, we little child. <laughs> I was flying home, and we flew through uh, Kennedy Airport to make a connection. And I bought a New York Times, and I opened the sports section on, like, page three. There was about a six-column-inch story about the game, and I was over the moon. <laughs> we were in the New York Times. Yeah, yeah. The, the U.S. It. national team was in the New York Times. It was unbelievable. And look where we are today. Now that's that's thirty years ago, um, not even thirty years ago. Look where we are today. We've we're so hard on ourselves. We want to flagellate ourselves. And a lot of it's people that came to the game in the last five years. Yeah. And it, I I don't have that much patience for them to be honest with you. I want to welcome them into the family. Thanks very much. But the game didn't begin the day you started watching the EPL yeah. on, su- on Sunday mornings. Right. Um, there's been uh, there's a whole history of American soccer that comes before, and it's part of the narrative. It's we we didn't get where we are today overnight. It didn't happen in the last three years. It's been a process. It's now it's accelerating. I mean, the sky's the limit for the game here in in America. The sky's the limit for MLS. It may not be a perfect model. It may not be the model that everybody wishes it was. But, you know, I can make a very cogent argument that the whole promotion relegation structure in Europe is wildly dysfunctional from a business standpoint. Yeah. And the only way it works is if you also have absolutely no mechanisms to achieve anything close to parity. Right. So if if Manchester United or Man City or Real Madrid or Barcelona were in had a legitimate chance of being relegated in a given year, do you think that those leagues would allow that to exactly, continue? Of yeah. course not. <laughs> so, But I, I say to people, you know, in, I think it was 2006, if we had promotion relegation, we would not have had a team in L.A. We would not have had a team in New York. But we would have had a team in Cary, North Carolina. Sure. And a team in Rochester, New York. If you're an ESPN executive, how are you feeling about that scenario? <laughs> See, you know what I? Oh, sure. Let me give you some more money. <laughs> yeah. See, this is what I, this is what I like about uh, what you're saying and, and talking to people who have been in the game a, a long time. Because I, I've mentioned this on the show before that I think there should be some 
some sense of appreciation for the people that got American soccer to where it currently is. But I know that even listening to you right now, I know that there are people that are going to listen to this and they're going to be like, oh, no, that's how they, we don't think that way anymore. Yeah. Uh, and, and clearly, both things are sort of correct uh, to some degree where that we can't just completely dismiss what was done because we... we or just completely take away everything we've already done and start fresh. Yeah. But also, at some point, you can't just, like, Tam is new. Hey, if you get... You do have to add new mechanisms every once in a if, while if to change the game. If you get a bunch of billionaires to call you up and say, you know, we don't like the way things are. We're going to start anew. Knock yourself out. Right. You know, see what you can do. But it's, it's not... That's not likely to happen. Sure. The, the amount of infrastructure investment that has occurred at MLS is far more than the fans understand. Right. Um, and and, and no, then, nobody's on. getting to that point a reasonable ROI. On, Only recently has the league really started to become a bit more transparent about that. And look, no one's asking you to release the numbers. Right. Right. You're a business, and you're a, a private business, from what I understand. Um, but to some degree, don't you think the fans understood a bit more of what happened? Don't you think they'd be a little less angry? Because we see the <laughs> tweets. You know, they tag us in it. They think we can solve with two comedians. We're but not going to make not. any changes. So, uh, I think a lot of the angry tweets come from a pretty small percentage of the But just even the the, even some fans that are There's frustrated. There's 73,000 people who were in Atlanta at the final who were pretty happy. Sure. Hey, right. Not too we, many of we them were, were tweeting about what a disaster <laughs> yeah. MLS is. Hold on. Uh, I believe 3,000 of them were Portland fans. They were not. So let's just say 70,000 fans. <laughs> were, there, were there that many? Yeah, I think yeah, it was 3,000. Yeah, yeah. yeah. a lot of Portland. Yeah, they weren't very happy. They might have been they, they weren't excited afterwards. Yeah, they weren't excited. Um, <laughs> but I just think we should stop punishing ourselves all the time for not being, you know, pick a league. Yeah, yeah. I, mean, I agree. I, I, I guarantee you this. If, if there was no league in England... And they were starting it today, they would not have promotion and relegation. Not if they were trying to get smart, rich businessmen to pay for it. Yeah. Because right. they'd say, well, wait, what, what, wait a minute. You know, I maybe get two key players break their legs early in the season. My team ends up below this certain level. I, I go to a different league. And I don't share in the same team. No, thank you. Yeah, I don't need to be a part of that. <laughs> I mean, it's, it sounds insane from from a, just a uh, almost like a capitalist perspective. Actually, and, it's the most capitalist because well, if you don't it's, succeed, it's you more, fail. It's more Malthusian. Good okay. Point. So it's, hold on, let me Google that real quick. <laughs> don't be bringing these big words in here, Mr. Payne. Uh, we said we're two comedians, not two scholars. Uh, but it's basically, you know. Prosper or die. Yeah, yeah. And yeah, but if you open up a pizza shop, it's prosper or die. No one's going to come to you. The you know the but other you're not pizza in a shops. League of a thousand other pizza shops. I mean, and there's nobody. People aren't lining up rooting for your pizza shop. That's and true. Well, they, if it's mine, they would. If, if it's Look at our logo. Our logo has half of a pizza. Yeah, on it. Yeah, I, mean, yeah, I, I gonna, like pizza. They're going to cheer for hours. I had pizza last night, and a lot of league guys laughed at me because every time we go out to dinner, I have pizza. Oh, really? Um, Alexis is a pizza expert. If you have any questions about pizza, I'm being 100% Where are you from? serious. Uh, born and raised in Newark, New Jersey. You're from the wrong side of the river, my friend. <laughs> all right. First of all, my cousins grew up. All my cousins lived in Manhattan and then eventually Queens. 
And okay, well then, then maybe you have some knowledge of pizza. <laughs> no, no, no. I guarantee I'm a pizza he expert. We're not going to get into it. <laughs> but look, don't you come in here with your new knowledge. <laughs> I'm from right, New York. Okay. What part of New York? I'm from Westchester County. I was born oh, in Yonkers. Oh, do you know? You're not even in the city. <laughs> well, I was born in Yonkers. <laughs> you were born okay, in Yonkers. Okay. That's still not the city. That's the Bronx. You and I are exactly Yonkers no, it's is not. the North Bronx. Yonkers <laughs> is not the Bronx. You don't pay your 4% city Fox tax. Gaga. <laughs> get out of here. Well, uh, That's our claim to fame yeah. these days. Lady Gaga. Kevin, Upper West Side and then Westchester, right? Because her parents own the restaurant on the Upper West Side. But she's from, she was born in Yonkers. In Yonkers? Why yeah. Uh, Kevin, we, we have to get you back on the show at some point because I know there's a lot of history and there's so many questions that we do have. We know you're uh, you're very busy today. But thank you so much. Well, wait, hold on. Before you oh. leave, why don't you just give us a little insight into what you think the next five years are going to look like for the league because there's so many cities that are yeah. trying to get in the league and there's so much excitement. And Don Garber mentioned solidarity payments for the first time ever and everyone's excited like, okay, now we're going to become more of a selling league. What do you think the league is going to look like in five years? I know it's a difficult question. but So so the solidarity payments, you mentioned yeah. it earlier when you, along with 14 other things That's in right. the first question. <laughs> yeah. We've gotten to like three of them. Yes. But, um, so there, there are some legal issues with yes. in the United States with the whole solidarity um, payment and uh, training compensation payments. Uh, that doesn't mean that there can't be a voluntary system of providing support to those clubs that have consistently demonstrated the ability to develop players. Yeah. And we had a meeting in, uh, I was part of a group that was called together by U.S. Soccer to talk about this issue. And the last meeting we had as a group in Chicago, I had actually suggested, why don't the clubs and MLS and USL and NASL at the time was also at the table. Why don't they get together and see if they can come up with a system, a voluntary system, where the the beneficiaries of those players give something to... Now, it can't be quid pro quo. It can't be because, Alexis, you got developed and now I'm signing you, I'm giving money, because that, that, that violates American law. I'm convinced of that. Okay. Um, but what happened, like, two days later the attorney representing the clubs sued everybody. And instead of sitting down, they, they filed a lawsuit. And, and it doesn't matter what the court of arbitration for sports says that they're not, it's, it's not, they're not going to overturn us law. And every one of the FIFA statutes begins with a, a line that says something about except where prescribed by local customer law or something along those right. lines. They, they recognize that they're FIFA. They can pretend that they're a government but they're right. not a government, as they found out in New York in the Southern right. District. Yeah, yeah. Um, they can act like a corrupt government. <laughs> exactly. Sure. Which, again, if you're listening, let us in. We want <laughs> in. We want envelopes. <laughs> Come on. I can tell you some great stories about that. Oh, we'll shut the mics <laughs> off for those, boy. I'll buy you pizza. But and, that's and uh, you know, I, there's some pretty funny stories from the beginning of MLS. Uh, uh, which I don't usually name names associated okay. with because some people might get angry. But there there was some pretty – I was talking with Mark Abbott last night. We were having a drink and laughing about some of the crazy stuff that happened early on and and ways in which we almost blew both feet off, you know, and somehow Jeez. we're saved from ourselves. Um, so it's – I do – I really do believe strongly. I'm very passionate about – MLS. I, I'm very, very proud of what we've created with that, even though I've not been involved since 2014. But, um, you know, I was in, I was one of the first three people sitting around a table with uh, Mark Abbott back in uh, 1993, I think it was. Yeah, yeah. And um, I, 
you know, I, I, so I feel a sense of ownership. But I think that the American soccer fan needs to stop beating himself or herself up and beating up everybody around them and say, we've done a lot of really good stuff. And, yeah, we didn't qualify for the last Men's World Cup, and that should never happen. However, it sometimes it is going to happen. I mean, Holland didn't qualify. Italy didn't qualify. I realize they didn't qualify out of Europe, and it's a different kettle of fish. But um, a lot of the reason that CONCACAF has gotten better is because of MLS. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, very much so. And so I, I think, you know, I think we'll qualify the next time. I think Greg Berhalter is going to do a good job. I think that our women's team will do well in the World Cup. And I think, but I think there's still going to be moments where we say, what are we doing? What, what are we thinking about? How stupid are we? That's part of the game. That is part of the game. That's yeah. why Bruce Arena always says, that's why they roll the ball out there at the beginning of the game. Because you don't know what's going to happen. It's so right. That's the beauty of our sport. It's so unpredictable. More so, I think, almost than any other sport. Um, because it's organic. You can't stop it every five seconds and, and adjust. Right. You know, you're relying on... 11 players on the field to interpret what's happening around them in real time and adjust to that and anything can happen anything can happen and you look at the crazy set of circumstances that kept us out of the world cup aside from us stinking to join up in trinidad but you know panama scores a goal that never went in exactly yeah yeah there was so many ridiculous mexico it was anybody that thinks that mexico it was a conspiracy against the united states highest levels (laughs) of (laughs) fame they're trying to keep us down but we gonna win uh kevin payne thank you so much much. sincerely yeah and you know i want you know even some people might be like i didn't like some of the things kevin said but seriously part of it from my from from me from us thank you so much for helping american soccer get to at least to the point where we can be mad at you for it now not being exactly the way we want yeah. it to be. Well, you know, 25 or 30 years ago, nobody cared. So yeah. here it we is, are. It is uh, anger it, is it an is emotion. Progress. As comedian, you just want a reaction <laughs> sometimes. Right. You don't always want to laugh. Uh, Kevin, so we're getting reactions. Kevin Guys, Payne, uh, thank you so much. Thank you so much. Yeah, baby, we're back. All right. So now, okay. Now Has let's, everyone uh, <laughs> finished punching a pillow? <laughs> uh, yes, I hope you uh, enjoyed at least... Something about the interview with uh, with Kevin Payne. Thank you again, Kevin Payne, for joining us on the show. We I know we tease and joke around a lot, but you know we're we're you know these these lame uh, you know millennials that just got into soccer six five minutes ago, years, five, <laughs> five years ago. Look, uh, if you if you're gonna tweet at us, list the things that upset you the most. <laughs> start there. Don't just start rambling. No threads allowed. No threat. Oh no! I think you said no threats. We no. said you had no threats. Threats are fine. You already started. No, no threads. You know, what? I actually do want. I do want to say something because uh, after we went to ISC, uh, I was. I had tweeted out. I, t- I took photos with all the people that were there. Uh, I, you know, I had a lot of conversations with people. Everyone was very nice, right. very supportive to us. And I've I've actually been getting DMs from other soccer supporters around the country. Uh, basically upset at me for taking photos with people that they don't like. And if you really are very, this is very true. If you are a person that is, is w- w- has the energy to do this, uh, please stop because you're <laughs> use I, that I, energy <laughs> in something else. Trust me. I could care less what the hell you have to say. Uh, I, I'm, I can, I can only speak to the, the, 
you know the experience the experiences i've had with with the people i chose to take photos with and the, everyone was very kind very supportive to me if they weren't kind to you please talk to them about it you think i give a shit about your local soccer beef like what i what am i supposed to do like we all soccer is very complicated there's a there's uh, there's things you're not going to be happy with dude people shit happens yeah like ridiculous i Ch- mean what you think christian's going to be like sorry i'm going to take down that photo <laughs> because this one time you texted this other person <laughs> something i wasn't there for any of it but i heard from this one guy yeah just please stop it uh, look i mean we're trying to spread the the game of soccer everywhere if people are respectful to us we're going to be respectful to them yeah if you've had uh, uh, uh you know an issue with someone or you've had a run-in with them that's anything less than or you know something about them than we don't let us find it for ourselves okay oh, sure or t- talk to them about it what, what do you what am i gonna do yeah i can already hear the shit we're gonna take from nycfc fans that there's a viking army scarf or the rebel fans or the rebel fans that now you know christian's family reunion my uncle or you know seattle that we don't have a seattle scarf <laughs> like we're gonna hear from everybody look we love all of you okay yes. some of you more <laughs> that's true y'all some of y'all been with us a little bit longer exactly but so, that's but look we're here to help all right we here we want to grow the sport and that's not that doesn't come from you know shading people out or curving people yeah it's it's, it's ridiculous about love and positivity and that's what they that we're trying to grow the game uh so and just remember out of the two cooligans only one of them didn't take a picture of that person you didn't like and that's me so <laughs> at least now you got a favorite cooligan so, it's not so, that bad so that's okay so <laughs> things, everything worked out fine yeah uh so incredibly childish Please stop. Uh, very, very dumb. So, uh, let's. Also, I want to see these DMs. <laughs> <laughs> they're, they're really dumb. Don't worry about it. Uh, so, let's talk about uh, a couple of things going on MLS, MLS related, some moves, uh, and a bunch of weird things. First, first of all, let's talk about the, the game that Tyler Adams did have uh, his first start uh, in, in the Bundesliga uh, for RB Leipzig. And he was, I mean, I, I, I did not expect this. Because he was spectacular. And I know who they were playing Hanover, I believe. No, Dusseldorf. Dusseldorf. Um, not, not to say that they're the They best were up team. 3-0 16 minutes into the game. <laughs> so, shouts to Leipzig. You picked a good team to yeah. have Tyler Adams start against because they're just not prepared for anybody. But still, the Bundesliga, if we're... If we're if we're going to be that... Yes. If we're saying the Bundesliga, the, the, the standard is higher than MLS, if we if we're all accept that as truth, then... We have to be more impressed with Tyler Adams' play. 100%. Yeah. And I was impressed. 68 touches, 57 passes attempted, 80, a little bit more than 80% pass accuracy. This is in another level. And everyone's like, oh, MLS, it's faster, you know, in Germany in the top flight. And this is Bundesliga. Kick and hang. Yeah. He's, he's, holding, he's holding his own quite well. Uh, and, and he looked great. I mean, I, there's no other... Real way to put it. He he looked like he and and maybe this is uh you know just credit to the Red Bull system, right? R- regardless of what what country that Red Bull uh team is in, they you can mix and match their players and put them anywhere and it seems like it can work out pretty well. And you know the 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 question was what position is he going to play and is in Bundesliga a little too tough for him. Uh but no. Now I'm seeing he had one game and there's people already saying Yo, he might not even be in Bundesliga two years. Dog, he's 20 years old. 
<laughs> he might be the next Pulisic as far as uh, uh, not teams in the Prem might go after him being like, yo, how many followers did Tyler Adams got? What, yo, Tyler, you, you're already a good soccer player, but you need to get them Instagram followers up. Are your DMs lit? Because <laughs> if so, then we need right. you on the squad, are they my lit? guy. Are they lit like Christian Polanco's DMs? How, how, like... many, how often you be charging your phone now? <laughs> <laughs> because yeah 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 80 percent pass accuracy <laughs> but what that battery look like what that battery life looking like though you gotta stay on yellow <laughs> you live your whole life in yellow because <laughs> if so then we interested then we need you here's 800 million my guy <laughs> So, uh, impressive. Yeah, I think, uh, yeah, again, it's just one game. I want to see him uh, against Dortmund. You know, he, he, he was in the, in the lineup against Dortmund, but he didn't get to play. Right. But I want to see him against Bayern. I want to see him uh, against some of these bigger teams. Well, it's, it's plays like it's playing this way. And I didn't get a chance to see it, but from everything I heard from all the research I've done, which is listening to you. Uh, <laughs> no, I did. I read, I read up on a bunch of this and I was able to follow a lot of it on, on Twitter. Uh, he seemed like he was he was very aggressive on going after the ball, yeah. going back, stopping a lot of the plays. He was very good in attacking. There's one highlight that uh, Fox Soccer uh, reposted where he back heels it yeah. uh, to to a guy getting right into yeah, the yeah. Uh, and he he spun. It was a great but move, he yeah. right into the right into the penalty box. I mean things like that. He looks like he's been playing with Leipzig for years. Yeah, and then again, it looked like he got loaned out to Red Bull. <laughs> while he was he's like, I'm, I'm glad to finally be be back home. Yeah, you know? yeah. <laughs> Guten Tag, everybody. <laughs> it it was impressive. Yeah, yeah. There's not like uh, you know we can go into detail of, of how he played, but he was just he he can be, uh, you know, and uh, like we, I think ever since Angola Conte, uh, and ha, ha, he's like the master of that position nowadays right like right now we're starting to see like more more players i i feel the younger players that are like you know what Th- this might be a viable position i don't need to be the striker right. i don't i don't need to or be just center back or center back yeah. i can be the 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 toughest nails uh and it's not even like Tyler Adams is not like a big dude no but he's like i'm gonna risk my entire body to get this ball back. It's like, you're still going to be afraid of a, of a miniature pit bull. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, because there's still a pit bull. It doesn't just have to be a large pit bull. <laughs> you know, even to some degree, you're like, I think I can outrun that fat pit bull. Exactly. You know what I mean? <laughs> but if you see a small slender pit bull, Jack, you'd be like, I think I'm screwed. <laughs> and that's okay. exactly what Tyler Adams is. <laughs> this little pit bull got a lot of gumption. Yeah, damn. <laughs> Where does pit bull from? Wappingers Falls? <laughs> oh, I, they, they breed them well out yeah, there. <laughs> yeah. The hood. <laughs> A Wappinger's fault. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, it, so it was great. So we'll see uh, what what his future at Bundesliga might be. It might not be very long if you're if he's that comfortable that quickly and and uh, and can be th- that like that 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 center uh, that's d- defensive uh, center mid that's just absolutely sh- just strong and confident. I mean, he can do that at a very big club very soon. So. Yeah. Uh, so there's a lot to look forward to. So uh, another uh, player, uh, another legendary player, equal to Tyler Adams, maybe maybe even beneath uh, Tim Howard. Tim uh, Tim Tim Timmy. <laughs> uh, Tim Howard announces his retirement uh, That's right. from professional soccer. He is currently. I thought it was a little rude that he said he retired years ago. 
thought that was messed up. <laughs> it's, oh, well, you know what? I feel like that That's was too, shot. I feel like I was too mean. That was a shot at Everton too. So <laughs> okay, take everybody down. Wow, I, you know what? I rarely say you've taken it too far, but I think you did. <laughs> I think you just did. Uh, <laughs> Tim Howard announces his retirement. He's he announces goodbye tour. Yes. Uh, I, I'm. I, are you a fan of these uh, the Colby? Farewell. These Colby farewells. Um, look, uh, he changed the game for, for to a big degree, you know, yeah. going to Manchester United from, uh, New York Red Bulls or was it Metro, Met- Stars? Metro stars, Metro stars back then, um, played really well, was a big, was a, was a huge name in Europe. Uh, you know, at the end of the day, I think he deserves something like this. Do, okay. I hate them because everywhere he goes, like, I think somebody said like, he's going to get a bunch of watches and stuff like that. Like, you know, it's cool to get like a chance to say goodbye. He said he doesn't want something like that. He just wanted everyone to know this is his last year. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, right. Wait. I don't get up and go, guys, I think I'm leaving the party, not wanting everyone to go, no, don't leave. No one says it, but that's what I want. You know, you know what? what I mean? This these uh these going away farewell retirement tours are really the only equivalent uh, that that men can ever have of a baby shower. You know? <laughs> This is the only comparable thing, you know, where we can be like, it's about us today. Yeah, today. Celebrate me. Today's a me day, folks. <laughs> okay. I want my name hung up on the wall. <laughs> so that, when I see these guys, I'm like, come on, man. This is, uh, you've had, you've already made the millions of dollars. You've already had the success. Like, do you need this? Right. Do you need this? So, I mean, look, I, I, again, Tim Howard a, a, a crucial part of American soccer. I'm not to take anything away from him, but yeah. it's just whatever. You just know, think of just the game against Belgium in the World Cup. Exactly. So uh, I, maybe we can have a retirement day. We can celebrate him one day. Yeah. But not. You need all. You need a lot more than that, though. <laughs> no. But it's also gonna be rough because he plays for the Colorado Rapids. So it's gonna be a rough uh, old retirement year. Oh boy. <laughs> but I don't know. Like at least Colorado. What uh, a couple moves that they made. Uh, um, Kakamara. They said no to selling Kellen Acosta. Yes, so that was uh, news before. I, there was a championship uh, club that was interested in Kellen Acosta, offered $3 million, uh, yeah. and uh, Colorado said no. The rumor was that it was Everton. <laughs> but they don't, play, they don't play in this championship, <laughs> but okay. Uh, yeah. <laughs> well done. Really? Got him twice. <laughs> <laughs> wow, on a roll. Okay, so... Uh, so that was the, the rumor they have, um, uh, what's his name from LAFC that just got there sporting Kansas City, Benny Fellhaber. Benny Fellhaber. Uh, so Colorado, I mean, they geared up, they're, they're fixing a couple things yeah. and I, so they might have an all, all right season. So we'll see. They might not be torturous to watch. <laughs> so shouts to Centennial 38. Uh, yeah. Shout out to Centennial. They were, uh, uh, awesome, uh, at, at, in Dallas. So, um, but yeah, so Tim Howard retiring, I, I think it'll be, uh, um, I, we appreciate Tim Howard uh, for everything he's done, but I mean, how, how, how much are we going to celebrate all this stuff? It's, it's, it's Sometimes good. a bit too much. It's a bit too much. So um, a couple other things that happened, uh, some, some moves in MLS. Uh, so this happened, I believe a little over a week ago, but uh, we didn't get a chance to talk about it because uh, what, Jermaine, the Jermaine Jones episode uh, last week, which also <laughs> thank you to everyone. There might be new people that are listening to this show. There certainly are uh, because of uh, the Jermaine Jones interview. Uh, thank you for listening. Welcome. This is, this is, this is it. This is what the show is like. Uh, yeah, we're, we're not talking to Jermaine every week, <laughs> but it's pretty good. I'm pretty proud of it. Okay. We've asked him every week to be on and he's, uh, he, he's politely declined each time. Yeah. So <laughs> the, um, By refusing to return our calls. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so this happened. So we didn't have time to talk about it last week. But Nick Haglin, 
of Toronto FC goes to uh, FC Cincinnati for a whole ton of guap, right? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> a it, whole gang of guap. <laughs> right? That's what the G in GAM stands for. Yeah. Uh, he... So uh, center back for Toronto FC, obviously good player. Uh, I, I don't know. I don't remember the number exactly. I think it was uh, something like 800000 or $900,000 in like TAM and GAM and the whole thing. Uh, and the my favorite thing has been the reaction to FC Cincinnati's moves towards uh, this this whole uh, transfer window through their, you know, their preparation for their first season in MLS. People are like, yo, I don't think FC, FC Cincinnati knows what they're doing, right? Everybody's Little very did we good. know, they were just waiting out everyone else <laughs> shit in the bed in the East. <laughs> because first, they they buy all the Phillies draft picks, uh, and everybody's like, yo, hold yo, hold up a second. Do you know? It's like, uh, like someone's did first- Did they pay you to take them? <laughs> someone's first day on the job, and yeah. it's just like, uh, like it, it's, it feels like, so, it feels like Columbus uh, told them the rules of MLS, but they were all wrong. Yeah, you know yeah. what I mean? Like, or like, you know, first day in school, they're like, go check out the pool on the roof. <laughs> and they lock you up there. You know what I mean? FC Cincinnati, they got pranked. Yeah. Right? <laughs> they got got. It's not one sneaker, one shoe day, you idiot. <laughs> so they are making all these moves that nobody seems to understand. Uh, they're, uh, they, I guess they're, they're in a position. And gre- credit to them, because at least they're, they're doing the thing that um, I would say Minnesota didn't do in their first year, which is like, you know, I think they went Win in. Win a game. <laughs> <laughs> they're, doing, yeah. they're doing the thing that they're like. Um, uh, uh, they're be, not just bringing up their USL not, team. I feel like, yeah, Minnesota, and we hung out with uh, Dark Clouds and everybody. And True and, North and, Elite. And, and True North Elite. And, and, Great group. And. And we were sort of just hearing about like just the sentiment going on. But I think, I think after talking to him, I think Minnesota United went into Major League Soccer being like, yo, we won in NASL. We're going to show go, these we, boys. You see the support we get out here bit better than some of these MLS clubs? Y'all bet you our players are just fine. <laughs> I bet you we're not going to take L upon L upon L. <laughs> I bet you on my mama's life. Yeah, yo, yo. Hold this Tam right now, and you keep that if I if we don't go undefeated. <laughs> what okay. you mean I lost all that Tam on day one? <laughs> so I, FC Cincinnati being like, all right, let's not let's not be too big for our britches. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And let's uh, prepare for anything. Let's get some veteran leadership kind of show. Uh, Which Minnesota is doing this year as well. Yes. Uh, Minnesota, they year- learn their lesson. <laughs> You're like, we got a stadium. We can't be out here taking all these L's. Leave the L's at Minnesota University. <laughs> so... The so that move for to get Nick Hagland, yes, they probably overpaid, but they're in a position where the uh, the rest of the teams in the league are like, "Yo, Cincinnati, you got a USL team, you're gonna have a rough time." Yeah, and they, and they're like, "Hey, can we have one of your players?" And they're like, "Yeah, it's gonna be a million dollars." Okay, yeah. we haven't said which player yet. And then it's one point two million now. <laughs> okay, what you think we doing, right? You need this. What you gonna have a bunch of? College players. <laughs> yeah, so they're in the position that they're in. And look, they're using... But also, they're an expansion team, so they get a lot more talent. Yeah, yeah, so they're getting... And, and the other teams know that. They're like, yo, we know what you got. Yo, yeah. run, run them pockets. Yeah, yeah, yo, yeah. Yo, your pocket's looking extra thick right yeah, now. Yeah, they're like, oh, you want one of my players? What you got in your pocket? <laughs> so, look, what good you on got, them. What you got in your shoe? Okay. <laughs> so, they look, good on the other teams. So, like, you know, that there, there is that... Uh, um, it's like these bodegas that if they think you're not from here, they don't put any prices on anything. <laughs> 
you get a bottle of water, they're like, yeah, that's a dollar fifty, and you're like, yo, ah, he's like, alright, that's a dollar. <laughs> Damn it, man, you oh, got yo, me. <laughs> yo, yo, what, baby, you what was it? Like what that? was it? My outfit? I'm yo, sorry. Yo. Is it the hat or the shoes? Tell me now, because I can't be out here with that dollar fifty energy for a bottle of water. Okay, I ain't gentrifying this. I've been here too long. I've been here way too long. <laughs> I shouldn't even ask, man. I should have just put a dollar down and walked away. I knew I shouldn't have bought these Warby Parker glasses. Yeah, I know, yo. I hear, in my basic bitch uniform. My girl got me these, man. Oh, my God. The last time I buy Uggs. Yeah. I'm walking the dog. That's why I'm wearing Uggs. Oh, man. So... Uh, what were we talking about? Um, <laughs> we're talking about no, FC Cincinnati. FC Cincinnati. But so it's like you know when when Barcelona wants a player uh, compared to uh, you know like uh, uh, Nantes or whatever. Yeah, like yeah, yeah. it's like well Barcelona. Yeah, he, he's gonna be a, he's a little yeah. bit more expensive. When Nantes is on the phone, they cover the the, the receiver and they're like, yo, they ain't got nothing. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like let's not. Yeah, we don't even want this player. But if it's Barcelona on the phone, be like, we love that player. <laughs> uh, of course, we rate him at a hundred million. Don't you? You should have if you made this phone call. So like, that's what FC Cincinnati is the Barcelona of MLS. That's all yeah. we're saying. You got too much money right now. Everybody knows how much money you got. And by the way, we don't know how much money they get. All the other teams know though. Okay. All the other GMs know how much you get for an expansion. Yeah, yeah. So they're like, yo, I'm doing the math. This team got a lot right now. Exactly. So, uh, and then another move. Speaking of Minnesota United. Uh, Ike Opara, this is just uh, yesterday. We're recording this on uh, Tuesday, uh, January 29th. So Monday, January 28th. Ike Opara leaving Sporting Kansas City uh, to to uh, a, a trade uh, of, a, I think, a million dollars in, like, in, in TAM and Gamma. I think it's or, nine, uh, up to. It's 900, and there's an extra 100,000. If if they make the playoffs, yes. So Icapara leaving. So let's just say nine hundred. <laughs> <laughs> but Icapara leaving uh, Sporting Kansas City, uh, uh, definitely a big loss for them. I don't know who is go- exactly going to be able to produce like he does. Bruh, stack that Tam on I top mean, they, of they, and put that out there. Hopefully, yeah. <laughs> they, they have to bring in some kind of replacement. I, I forgot who is the backup center. I mean, Beasler pairs usually with Opara. I forgot who the backup uh, to Opara is, but he because he was. Remember he got injured. Yeah, a little uh, bit of injury, and this is what he, get, he gets. He doesn't get injured because of just uh, through play. He gets kicked in the head. Yeah, yeah. too many times. My dude gets cleats yeah, right. inside he, of his head. The guy, he puts his head everywhere. Uh, and and th- here's the thing: this is what Sporting Kansas City does better than anyone else. Is they're willing to get rid of their players. They're like Menudo. As soon as you're a little too old. Yeah, you know what I mean. Yes, yeah, yeah. Sporting Kansas City is the Menudo. <laughs> is Menudo. <laughs> but here's the thing: like they're willing to get rid of their players just before they're too old, yeah. So they can get the most value. That's how Sporting Kansas City got to do it. Yeah, uh, but Sporting Kansas City they came so close to, uh, you know, getting to the MLS Cup final. They got Ozzy Alonso too in Minnesota. Minnesota went and was like, "Oh, we're the worst defensive team in MLS history." Good on well, them. Then let's let's that- shore this up a little bit. But they got a bunch of people that are oft injured. Yes, uh, but I, I think I think the. I guess the the gain is definitely bigger for for Minnesota than the losses for Sporting Kansas City because they have a good team in general. But I yes I gen, I genuinely feel Icopara still has something to offer to Sporting Kansas City to help them get to that final uh, you know again. And so I don't I I think they're going to have a tough time replacing Icopara. That's what I'm saying. As far as like especially come playoffs, he the dude is just reliable. That's, yeah. that, that's that's the 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 main thing I I think they're going to be losing. So maybe a little um, 
you know, they, I think they, they traded him too soon. That, my opinion, maybe a year too soon. But that's, that, that's just how I feel. Anyway, uh, but yes, Ozzy Alonso going to Minnesota. Your Cuban brother. That's right. My uncle. Your uncle. Yeah. Yes. Uh, <laughs> I think I'm his age, <laughs> but uh, just a, a wonderful human being. Um, I love you, Ozzy. Uh, remember, we had that moment on the field when I yelled at you that Fidel Castro died. <laughs> that was a good, uh, that yeah. memory, and I scared your family. That was a good time. He uh, remembers. He remembers. Yeah, 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 he yeah. wakes up. Uh, yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I heard him again, and his wife's like, "Ay, de jalocoño." Um, so I, I think this is big, big for the end of his career. You know, he gets one more payday. Uh, he still had some gas in the tank. He was very upset that he had to leave Seattle. He gets to go to Minnesota. Uh, I, you know, there's a little bit, it feels like a little bit of a resurgence for Minnesota. A lot of these players have something to prove. And if that comes together. Re, a resurgence? It's just, I think it's a just surgeons. a surgeon. <laughs> they haven't read, any, read yeah, anything. Yeah, you need to, <laughs> you need to do, do something once. The only thing they repeat is losing streaks. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> So, so this is, I think I think they're going to have a lot if all these players stay healthy and I feel like everyone's going to try their hardest to do that because it seems like they're all going into Minnesota with a chip on their shoulder. Yeah, but it, this I like this attitude from some of these clubs, especially the, the teams that weren't doing well, where, yo, MLS veteran leadership is 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 the resurgence right now. That is the yeah. thing that people are like, all right, we just need somebody who's been on the job three to four years who has some experience, right. you know, <laughs> because we got we, the young kids. Let's get somebody. The old interns in haven't been able to deliver. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so uh, they, that part is good. And, and Ozzy Alonso, I mean, no, there's no body I can think of right now. When you think of just like a straight up MLS vet, just a dog out there that just, it will push everybody. And my favorite thing about Ozzy Alonso is not his play on the, on the pitch. It is the, it, it, for for the Seattle Sounders, they would their their media team would always have them have like the uh, the camera guy like in the in the in the huddle in the middle, and yeah. they would he would uh, the, that person would sit in the middle and, and film them and and giving seeing Ozzy Alonso, captain of Seattle Sounders, give a rousing speech to get his uh, you know his teammates excited about the game. It made you want to run through a wall. In. The strongest Cuban accent you've ever heard. Okay. Okay. Right now. Well, this is what we got to do. Okay. We going to win. Three points. Go do now. And everybody. And Clint is like, what? I don't know what yeah. it is, but I'm doing whatever yeah. it is. I'm Chad Marshall's like, I don't think any of that was in English. <laughs> do that one more time. Just, but just slower. Like- Ozzy. Stop yelling. I know yelling. These are how Cuban yeah. people talk. Christopher Rodan is like, I speak Spanish. And I don't even yeah. really exactly know what just happened (laughs) just you didn't say one s the entire time did you just run that back and the dude he's he's a a leader he's a captain he's a motivator uh and that is the thing that he's going to bring uh you know to minnesota so they they got a good player on their hands and i know yeah he's a bit older not as fast as he used to be but that's not his game uh he's just he knows he knows where to be he understands the game quite well and if you are a cuban restaurant in minnesota get ready because Ozzy Alonso's <laughs> visiting. I, it's weird. If you are a Cuban, like it's like a, a person. Like, <laughs> if you, if you listening right now are a restaurant <laughs> that happens to be Cuban in Minnesota. Oh, I didn't think they would talk about me. Yeah, yeah. Pots and pans are rattling. <laughs> so uh, a couple other moves that happened. Uh, f- uh, speaking of Toronto, so th- there's a bit of a. Also, if you're listening, are you still upset about that Kevin Payne interview? <laughs> <laughs> have we cheered you up? Yeah. Have, have we gotten you out of that mode yet? <laughs> so 
Uh, Sebastian Jovinko and Josie Altador. We should talk about them a bit because uh, Toronto FC, the the team, the, you know, won won the treble. Uh, then going back to Champions League, and then next keeping it together. They're, they're missing the playoffs the following year. Mm-hmm. Uh, they uh, it seems like I don't know what exactly what's going on. Uh, oh, uh, the three big names are up for uh, you know new contracts. They have a year left, all three of them. Yes. So Sebastian Jovinko, well, Josie Altidore, yeah, and Michael. Days. Bradley. Michael Bradley has basically said, I'm not going to even talk to you guys about it till the end of the season. Relax. I want to stay. Okay. Josie is like, yo, me too. But also I want to know about this now. Mm -hmm. Like this should be tied up now. Like, I don't want to go into a lame duck season. Javinko's like new phone. Who it is. (laughs) Javinko is like Javinko left training camp supposedly to go get his medical. Yeah. For a team. Well, well, apparently it wasn't, it was to go get his back checked. Supposedly. But he said he was going to go back to Toronto. He didn't. He stayed in L.A. or he went to L.A. Yeah. Supposedly not getting his back check. Supposedly was a medical for Al Halal. Yeah. Which is, as we Which all know. Very delicious yeah, food. Beautiful. I mean, <laughs> get the get the, get the the steak and the chicken mix, extra white sauce. Uh, if, you, if you don't get the reference, it's a food truck in New York. Um, but. He supposedly is going Al Halal, which is a Saudi Arabian team. A, a big name. A big, a big team in Saudi yeah, yeah. Arabia. So. Kind of a dick move, but this is his last paycheck. He's 32 years old. Yeah. Yeah. He's, he's well-deserved. He's also, he also was uh, the last two years, I believe, the highest paid MLS player. Mm-hmm. So uh, and it looks like he deserved it for everything except last year. Last year, they just couldn't get it together. Well, they, um, they, they the Champions League run, you know, they put all their eggs in that basket and then they couldn't come uh, out of that hole. That they, yeah. They, that those first, those first like, 10 games. It was the USL. It was the USL team, basically. Yeah, it was year one Minnesota United. (laughs) TFC two out there. And then, yeah. And, and, you know, that's what led to the, you know, them not uh, reaching the playoffs. But the, um, it's surprising to me that Toronto doesn't want to keep him, but he has been, again, he's, he's sort of in that, the David Villa issue, right? Well, he was like, he'll, he'll, be a good player, but he's definitely going to miss like 10, 12 games a season. Right. He has, and he's lost this step. And here's the thing. The three of them together aren't going to win you the championship anymore. I disagree with that. I think Atlanta has taken a step forward. I think other teams have taken a step forward. You have to look at it. Like if you're in the NBA, the players you have, if they're not good enough to be golden state, then go ahead and get rid of them and start gearing up for a rebuild. You know what I mean? Okay. Use this time where no one's going to be golden state. To go ahead and put those pieces in place so you could get a chance as soon as one of those players leave or go get yourself one of those players. I hope they're listening 17 floors below me. Um, <laughs> come on, next, get KD next year. So if you're, if you're an MLS and the three big names you're paying a lot of money to don't afford you the ability to put the pieces around them to beat Atlanta, who won last year pretty handily, yeah, then then why you got him? Why are you paying for it? I don't know. You, that, that mentality, maybe, maybe it works like to some degree in MLS because no teams have to worry about being relegated. That's definitely not the case. You in the can't rest do of that soccer, elsewhere. You, you cannot do that elsewhere. You say, you can't be like, oh, whatever. We can't be, uh, you know, Manchester City. We'll just like tank this season and figure things out for next time. Or I'll get, you know, get a high draft pick in the Prem. You know, that's right. not, that's not going to happen. They had the two highest. Thank you, Timothy, for sending us that. Uh, they had uh, Sebastian Javingo and Michael Bradley. What, what are you talking about? Toronto FC. 
The highest paid. The two highest, highest paid, paid players yeah, yeah, in the whole okay, league. Okay. I think, so, I think you, my highest draft picks. I'm like, what no, are you talking about? No, <laughs> if you had the two highest paid players, and that's not good enough to beat the team that won, and those players are now a year older in their 30s, yeah, you got to you gotta scratch that. They had one bad regular season. If they they were had back, a great run in the Champions League. You gotta, they if look, they were back to the team they were two years ago, is that good enough to beat Atlanta last year? Or they, this year coming up? They beat Atlanta in the, the last game before the playoffs. Yes, but is that team good enough to beat this Atlanta team? I th- I th- With Pete and no Miguel. Well, we haven't seen Pete yet. No I, Miguel. Think, I don't I think I, it's, I, I think I, the answer is no. And I think, uh, you know, uh, Vanny and I was going to say Vanny again, Vanny <laughs> and, and, uh, some of the other guys over in Toronto are looking at that and going, no. So then, yo, why are we paying these millions? It's not like we're going to be dropped. I mean, just one, one bad regular season. They're, they're also in the He's champions. He's a year older and more injured. But they're still in the champions league. They won the Canadian cup. They were going to be playing in the champions league in, in a month. They, they're still a good team. So I, they to get me, somebody. I keep, I keep out the door at least for like an, at least another two years. That's, that's me. They, they were incredible uh, in, in 2017. That was an incredible team. So uh, it is what it is. So we won't agree. Fine. But let's talk about uh, Greg Vaney. I think, this uh, is, yeah. <laughs> you know how much I love <laughs> Greg Vaney. Let's, he, he, there, uh, definitely a vein popped up on the side of his head because he got into a huge uh, fight. Uh, so let's end the show with this because this yeah. is straight up Cooling's content right here. This is Vanderweel. <laughs> Gregory Vanderweel. He, uh, Vander Gully. <laughs> uh, kicked off the team uh, off Toronto because he fought his coach. Fought his coach. Uh, supposedly tried to fight. He took a swing at Vanny. That's the big rumor now is that he didn't actually land it. Okay. He tried to take a swing. If you swing and you miss. You should stay you, on the team. No. <laughs> <laughs> you got bad aim, bro. That's why you're not a striker, my but guy. But you still <laughs> attempted to fight. If I was having a boxing match I, and I didn't land a punch, I'd be like, I was still in a fight. Yeah. <laughs> so he fought his coach. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, by the way. I got hit a lot. Yeah. Trust me. Yeah, this dude. Well, who's, who's, uh, was it Morbang <laughs> who says, uh, I know I'm not good at boxing. Uh, yeah, he got punched in the back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's not supposed to happen. You're not supposed to run away from the other guy. That's that, that would yes. be you in a box. I was match. in a fight. I didn't land one punch. Uh, the, the, com- the compu box numbers were very bad <laughs> yeah. on my part. Also, I could not have any amount of skill to not just get punched all over the place. I'm too big. <laughs> I'm too big. I'm, I'm too much of a target. <laughs> You're uh, uh, King Hippo from yeah. uh, Mike Tyson's all Punch. Right. All <laughs> right. He's the only one that fits your you know stature. Luckily, anyway. Dominicans weren't allowed in baseball. <laughs> Video games back then. So, <laughs> um, so, uh, so yes, fought his coach off the team, uh, and he. I love his his Instagram paraphrase. I don't remember. I don't have it in front of me, but he basically uh, did the. You know, <laughs> he didn't even really mention the fight. He was just like, "Well, you know what? I just really want to win." And clearly, some other people don't want to win as bad as I do. I'm like, "Yo, bro." You yeah. fought the coach. Yeah. Nobody wants to win that bad. You can't take a swing at your grandma and be like, I just love this family so much. Maybe other people don't love this family as much as I Yo, do. I'm actually questioning you. Why you ain't throwing punches? Yo, son, why are you over there not swinging at Abuela? Don't you love us? That's not how that works. No, I don't know what the, your family situation was, but it's not like that in Major League Soccer. No, you. that's not like that in any league. So, like, I don't know. You, you can't. You can't. 
choke PJ Carlissimo <laughs> and expect to stay on the team. <laughs> yes, we were uh, <laughs> we were joking around about. It. Tim mentioned the same thing. He's basically the, the Latrell Sprewell uh, of uh, of Major League Soccer. Oh God! And no, Latrell Sprewell got his hands on PJ Carlissimo. <laughs> so yes, he was a little bit more effective. Yeah, <laughs> but. Uh, just Which means don't leave Toronto yet. Go back, get that swing on, man. You got to connect. So Gregory Vanderweel is actually, he's a pretty good player. Uh, and now it, it puts... Uh, yeah, but he was a big Tam guy. So they got now more money. They do. Uh, but it it now the question is, does Gregory Vanderweel go to another team? Does another team want to take on the, the risk of the guy there's who only, took a swing at his coach? There's only one team that would do it, and it's Orlando. <laughs> And you know it. And you know Orlando would do it. Uh, Orlando's like, wait, we didn't check Twitter. What? Yeah, yeah. Nah, we deleted our Twitter account. Yeah, or Cincinnati's like, we have $3 million in TAM. You want it or not? Uh, speaking of Orlando, how cool was it that the, the president of the team. The owner. The founder. The founder of Orlando City retweeted. Uh, our joke our on joke. James O'Connor's yeah. hat. Uh, yeah, which is. Uh, crazy that I, and she it's a was a woman. Her last name is Rainy, I believe. Yeah, I forgot her name. Uh, I'll, I'll look at him now. But she uh, retweeted it and was like, "Hey, this." She was like, "This is hilarious." And she goes, "James needs to see this." I'm like, "Whoa, this is like, yo, okay, <laughs> yo." Even the 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 fly is down. We'll show it to him. <laughs> I mean, that's just dope. I, I mean, can I, take Orlando this time of year right now. <laughs> so the uh, yeah i mean james o'connor uh, o'connor's hats are getting uh, larger if you haven't seen our- i think the the i think the tweet i posted was that if it gets any uh, next Next season, by the end of the season, he's just gonna be wearing a large golf umbrella. Uh, but yeah, on his head. Uh, so uh, yeah, it's look- and people started to. The, the thread was dope. People just started to tweet gifs and pictures of people in big ass hats. It was great. It was great. It's, all I've ever, it's, all, it's everything I've ever wanted. So thank you for that. Uh, so yeah. So uh, maybe uh, that might be the move for Gregory. There, so dope. It might be fun. All right. So uh, let's wrap up the show. Before we wrap up, we got to give a shout out to uh, my homie in the in the audience today. That's uh, right. At stage 17, Amari. Amari Hanau, uh, my good friend. I've known Amari since I was probably about... 13 or 14 years old. Uh, we work so two years now based on two- your look. <laughs> but uh, Omari's here. He's uh, he's in town from Korea. That's right, South Korea. All right, right. Well, he got, we got kicked out of the north. <laughs> he, escaped. Uh, yeah. he escaped. Uh, Trump got him out. So thank you. <laughs> but no, the uh, uh, we, I've known Omar for so long, and he moved to Korea. And I want to tell the story real quick because he. Uh, d- dear friend, known him for a long time. And then, he, so he he calls me. The way I find out that he's going to Korea, he's going to go teach English in Korea. He's always been talking about, uh, like, it was a thing he was interested in. But he had, like, a life. He had a good job. The whole thing. He was doing fine. And he calls me one day. He's like, yo, I'm on a plane. Uh, and I'm like, I'm like, all right, cool. Where you go? <laughs> Where you headed? Uh, it's usually not a good call. <laughs> and he's like, uh, I'm, I'm going to Korea. I'm like, oh, cool. I'm like, oh, are you going to visit? And he's like, nah, I'm, uh, I'm going to go out there to teach English. And he tells me, he's like, I'm going because all the stuff that you've been doing with comedy and with soccer, all this stuff. He's like, it inspired me to like pursue my dreams and, and do stuff. Once uh, again, us chasing our dreams have ruined other people's <laughs> lives. We've, we've destroyed another human this being. This is what we do. <laughs> do but, not do what we're doing. <laughs> Talk to our family members <laughs> before you make any decisions. And, and he's, uh, so then uh, I call him. Uh, oh, I talk to him. I message him uh, like about a month later. I'm like, yo, Amari, what's good? How you doing? How's Korea? And he's like, yo, I tore my ACL. <laughs> I'm like, what? What have you done to me? <laughs> and he's like, oh, I was, I was in a, like a company game. I was playing volleyball, tore my ACL. So I'm like, 
it went from the pressure of like, oh my God, I inspired him to go to Korea yeah. to being like, yo, I tore his ACL. Yeah. I tore it. I did it. It was my fault. Yeah. He calls you, I'm in a hospital. <laughs> <laughs> Not a plane. A hospital. So things are very different right now. Yeah. Uh, so, but no, but shout out to uh, Omari because he's in, he's in Korea. He listens to the show and he goes and, and he goes out to support uh, South Korean soccer team. What's the name of the Jumbuk. team? Jumbuk. Jumbuk. Jumbuk FC. So shout out up. Up the boot, bunks. Yeah, <laughs> jumbunk. <laughs> that's, I guarantee that's what they say at the stadium. The thing's got like seven stars above it. They must be doing well. Exactly. Uh, so maybe one day we'll go to uh, a, a game in South Korea. Who knows? I what would love happen. to. Are there any Cooligans fans in South Korea? Well, there's always one there's who always- listens, and he's here today, baby. When we check the stats, I'm like, who the hell? <laughs> we see it like you uh, on the podcast as we see what like uh, countries, the countries and cities, are lit up. and what, and it's like. Korea, like, you know, 50, 55 downloads. I'm like, okay. All right. Okay. We have, we have a, a, a you know, a contingent out there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, no, it's just Amari. <laughs> <laughs> so I uh, shout out to him. Uh, also, he's a teacher. So steal the kids' phones and start downloading Cooligans. Subscribe <laughs> to Cooligans. Qu- easy option. They're very, very okay. good. All right. Uh, so, uh, like always, thanks again for listening uh, to to all our uh, fans in South Korea uh, who are, we're speaking to directly. We're looking and at our them. fans in North Korea. We don't discriminate. <laughs> okay. Speaking of North Korea, I hope you enjoyed the interview we did with. <laughs> uh, oh boy, isn't this his show- handlers are going to listen to this? I know. We're having fun, man. We're having a good time. We're comedians. We got a roast, that? all right? We love we love everybody uh, yeah. at uh, from Carlos Codero down. We yeah. love them all. Uh, <laughs> So thank you again for listening to the show. Make sure you subscribe to the show. Leave a review. Uh, show that uh, support. Make If you want to be uh, a part of, you want to be in this audience, join the Gully Squad. Uh, yes. That's always an option. Uh, we're going to be also some uh, surprises coming up for our Gully Squad members. We're, we're preparing something uh, fun for you guys. So uh, And that will be exclusive to the Gully Squad members. Yeah, so. that's exclusive to Gully Squad. So if you want to figure out what that is, uh, join the Gully Squad and maybe you will get uh, you know into this super secret group that may or may not exist. Exactly. Um, and you'll find out exactly what that is. So join Gully Squad. Go to SoccerCooligans.com. Hit uh, join Gully Squad. Come on in, son. Very easy. So with that said, my name is Christian Polanco. I'm Alexis Guerrero. And together, what are we? The Cooligans!